I call this meeting to order at 5.03 p.m. Clerk, can you please take a roll call for attendance? On the call of the roll, Commissioner Wong. Present. Commissioner Wong present. Commissioner Adair. Present. Commissioner Adair present. Uh, Commissioner Loftus. Present. Commissioner Loftus present. Uh, Commissioner Miller. Present. Commissioner Miller present. Officer Listana. Present. Officer Listana present. Commissioner Anish. Present. Commissioner Anish present. Um, Officer Utting. Present. Officer Utting present. Commissioner Colleen. Present. Commissioner Colleen present. Commissioner Pimentel. Present. Commissioner Pimentel present. Vice Chair Barker Plummer. Present. Vice Chair Barker Plummer present. Officer Hum. Um, Officer Hum is absent. Um, Officer Shaw. Present. Officer Shaw present. Commissioner M. Present. Commissioner M present. Commissioner Hillman. Present. Commissioner Hillman present. Commissioner Terrell. Present. Commissioner Terrell present. And then Chair Wynn. Present. Chair Wynn present. Um, with 15 present, you have roll call or quorum. Great. So it looks like the only commissioner absent is Commissioner Hum. Um, staff, just wondering, did Commissioner Hum provide uh, 72 hours in advance notice? Commissioner Hum did provide 72 hour notice, and he said it's because of flight changes that he cannot make it today. Great. Are there any motions on the table to excuse Commissioner Hum? Motion to excuse Commissioner Hum. Seconded, Commissioner Utting. Commissioner Barker Plummer motions to excuse Commissioner Hum, seconded by Commissioner Utting. Um, is there any discussion on this motion? Seeing none, is there any public comment? If members of the public would like to speak, uh, please press star three or raise your hand in the WebEx app or please line up behind the podium. Chair, you have no public comment. Great, public comment is now closed. Um, all those in favor of excusing Commissioner Hum, please say aye. 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 All those opposed say nay. Okay, so the motion passes. Um, clerk, can you please call item number two? Item number two is communications. The minutes will reflect that the Youth Commission participated in this meeting in person with remote access. The Commission recognizes that public access to city services is essential and invites public participation in the following ways. First, public comment will be available on each item on this agenda. Comments and opportunities to speak during public comment period are available via phone call by calling 415-655-0001, meeting ID 2483-292-0155, then pound and then pound again, or you can join us via online through the WebEx system. When connected, you will hear the meeting discussions, but you'll be muted in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up, please stop dial star three to be added to the speaker line if you've called in or if you're joining us via webex you may also raise your hand in the app alternatively you may submit public comment in writing in either of the following ways email them to the youth commission at youthcom at sfgov.org if you submit public comment via email it'll be forwarded to the commissioners and be included as part of the official file you may also send your comments via u.s postal service to our office in city hall at 1 Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place, room 345, San Francisco, California, 94102. Those attending the meeting in person will have the opportunity to speak in public comment first before remote access. That concludes my communications. Great, thank you. Clerk, can you please call item number three? Item number three is approval of the agenda. Okay, so commissioners, please take this time to look over today's agenda. As a reminder, there's an expectation that everyone looks at the agenda prior to the meeting. 
Um, and I know there was some discussion around tabling some items. Um, so now's the time to like share any items that you think would be good for tabling. So yeah, just let me know if there's any discussion. Um, I think we should table item 11C, which is the BOS file um, on the ordin ordinance for the general fund um, for the police department. Great. Any other comments? I think that would be a good idea as well, just because this seems like um, it would generate a lot of conversation and discussion, and that's something that we don't really have time for today, um, given that we're hoping we're hoping to end our meetings before 9 p.m. Um, and we have a very long agenda. So, any other comments? Just to clarify, Commissioner, are you motioning to approve the agenda with that amendment? Yes. Uh, are there any seconds? Seconded by Commissioner Loftus. Okay. Commissioner Colleen motions to approve today's agenda. Um, tabling item 11C, seconded by Commissioner Loftus. Is there any discussion on this motion? Seeing none, is there any public comment? If members of the public like to speak, please press star 3, raise your hand in the WebEx app, or please line up behind the podium. You have no public comment. Public comment is now closed. Um, we will now be taking a voice vote. All those in favor of approving the agenda with item 11C tabled, please say aye. Aye. All those opposed say nay. Great, so the agenda has passed. Um, clerk, can you please call item number four? Item number four is approval of the minutes for the March 20th, 2023 Full Youth Commission meeting. Okay, so commissioners, please take this time to look over the minutes from the last Full Youth Commission meeting, and I'll be taking any motions whenever y'all are ready. Motion to approve, Commissioner Utting. Seconded, Commissioner Colleen. Commissioner Utting, motions to approve the minutes, seconded by Commissioner Colleen. Is there any discussion on this motion? Seeing none, is there any public comment? If members of the public would like to speak and have done so, please press star three, raise your hand in the WebEx app, or line up behind the podium. You have no public comment. Great, public comment is now closed. Um, now we will be taking a voice vote. All those in favor of approving the minutes, please say aye. Aye. All those opposed say nay. Great, so the minutes have passed. Clerk, can you please call item number five? Item number five is general public comment for matters under jurisdiction of the Full Youth Commission, but not on today's agenda. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this matter should start to line up behind the podium and or press star three now if you're calling in remotely, or if you join us via the WebEx app, you should raise your hand in the app. Your cue to begin your comments will be you have been unmuted if you've called in, or, you'll be, or you will hear two beeps if you join the meeting via WebEx. Chair, you have no public comment. Thank you, public comment is now closed. Clerk, can you please call item number six? Item number six is Lyric Certificate of Honor. Great. Um, so now I'll pass it off to Vice Chair Barker Plummer and Commissioner Utting to introduce the Lyric Certificate of Honor. Yeah, thank you, Chair Wynn. Um, so last meeting we passed a resolution of commendation for Lyric, and today we will be presenting them with a Certificate of Honor um, signed by Chair Wynn. Uh, Lyric is an incredible organization which holds a historic status as one of the first LGBTQ youth serving centers in the country. Through its multiple programs, aimed at supporting LGBTQ youth and creating a safer world to be out in, 
like their work in founding the Dimensions Clinic and their school-based initiative, Lyric has helped change our city and our country for the better. On a more personal note, it has been my pleasure to work with Lyric within the past couple of weeks on supporting student organizers of the LGBTQ plus walkout that took place this past Friday. Um, Lyric was especially helpful in coordinating adult allies to ensure, to ensure the safety of youth uh, protesting. At this time when we are seeing attacks on queer youth across the country and the community services that are supporting them, I couldn't be prouder to have the Youth Commission issuing the Certificate of Honor uh, with myself and Commissioner Udding to Lyric. Great. Um, Commissioner Utting, did you have any remarks? I mean, I would like to second everything that Commissioner Barker Plummer said and add that I think it's very important that we as a youth commission recognize organizations that are having a profound impact on youth in the city and across the country. And so I'm very um, excited to be issuing this today. Great. Um, well, I believe Laura from Lyric is here today to receive this honor. Again, thank you all so much for the incredible work that you guys do. And we're really grateful that you're here. Um, yeah, if Commissioner Barker Plummer and Commissioner Utting want to take a picture with Laura by the podium. That's Laura's phone. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. I just uh, this is probably the most humbling honor for us at Lyric. We're all former teachers, educators, coaches, mentors. A big percentage of our staff are former Lyric youth. Um, and so this is just an incredible honor. I mean, it's really been the most humbling experience. Um, and for us, more importantly, it's we want young people to walk through our doors and be unapologetic and be able to live their authentic selves each and every day. And so during these really troubling times, um, we looked, we've been looking to allies and supporters such as yourselves to try and figure out how do we still contain create a safe and nurturing space for queer and trans youth, in particular because of all the attacks that are happening. So I'm just incredibly appreciative to each of you for, for, for this incredible honor. Um, and let's keep, let's keep doing this. Let's keep uplifting queer and trans youth. Um, again, thank you so much for this honor. Great. Um, well, thank you so much, Laura, for being here and receiving this honor. Again, we're also grateful for the work that Lyric does. Um, and thank you, Commissioners Barker Plummer and Commissioner Utting for your work on um, the resolution of commendation and on this certificate of honor. Um, so is there any public comment on this item of the agenda? Um, if members would like to speak, uh, please press star three um, or line up behind the podium. And Chair, you have no public comment. Thank you. Public comment is now closed. Clerk, can you please call item number seven? Okay, um, item number seven is presentations, first from the Department of Environment, uh, followed by Office of Financial Empowerment, K2C, then Larkin Street Youth Services, and finally, a climate presentation by the District 9 intern, Hector Mondragon. Great. 
Um, well, thank you, Joseph, so much for being here with us today. Um, we'll give you 10 minutes to present and 10 minutes for questioning. Does that sound okay to you? Yeah, that's, that sounds wonderful. Great. Whenever you're ready. All right. Thank you so much, commissioners, for having me here tonight. Um, my name is Joseph Piasecki. I am the Policy and Public Affairs Coordinator for the San Francisco Environment Department. I'm here this evening on behalf of my department and our director, Tyrone Jew. Um, I've been lucky enough to be at the department for a little over four months now, so I've had a very fast crash course into uh, San Francisco environmental policy here, and I'm thrilled to talk a little bit about what our department is doing and our budget request for fiscal year 23-24. So first, some background on a little bit of what we know. We know that climate change is already here. We've seen examples of extreme heat, coastal flooding, poor air quality, drought, wildfire, and most recently, multiple examples of extreme rain systems, wind, and flooding. Many of you may remember this photo from 2020 during COVID and the height of the wildfires effect on our air quality. But there is good news. Thankfully, we have a plan. In December 2021, Mayor London Breed ad adopted the Climate Action Plan for the City of San Francisco. This plan lists out 31 strategies and 159 supporting actions to tackle climate change. Now, this charts a pathway to achieve net zero greenhouse gas emissions and works towards addressing racial and social equality, public health, economic recovery, resilience, and providing safe and affordable housing to all. Now, here in the plan, you can see our six big pillars. We have our energy supply pillar, transportation, housing, building operations, production and consumption, and healthy ecosystems. Now, we're working towards trying to find 100% renewable electricity, followed by 100% renewable energy, then taking that energy and getting it into our vehicles, making more trips with electric vehicles and less gas-powered cars, bringing that electricity into our homes and getting rid of fossil fuel emitting devices. I think you may all have seen the actions taken in the last two weeks by the Air District, which have set new limits on fossil fuel devices, which will be in appliances, which will be in our home. So each home here in San Francisco will be healthier and more energy efficient in the future. From there, we're looking at reduce, and that basically impacts our building operations and the emissions that come from there. Looking at better production and consumption habits, so reducing before we even, or reducing and reusing before we attempt to even recycle and create better upstream practices. And finally, once we've tackled those emissions, support nature-based uh, solutions to go ahead and sequester whatever leftover carbon is there. Now to briefly talk about our department's budget ask for the next year. Um, these are our four major programs. So we have our climate program, our zero waste program, toxic reduction and healthy ecosystems, and our energy and transportation program. Now what is unique about our department is a little bit on how we're funded. So before I go ahead and show you a slide and break that breaks down our revenues and expenditures, um, I just kind of want to let you know that how this is built up. 30 to 40% of our department's funding comes from grants that we seek out. So these are competitive grants at the state and federal level that we apply for to bring in resources. 40 to 50% of our funding comes from refuse rates collected by Recology, which funds our zero waste work. And 20 to 30% is from work order fundings from other departments. 
Up until two years ago, our department did not receive any general fund money. However, over the past two years, the Board of Supervisors has allocated an add back funding each year. So this is our budget from this year and from next year. And there's two things I would like to really note on this slide. Uh, one is the major increase in grants in the revenue section. As I noted, we are heavily reliant on grant funding and outside resources to fund our department. Secondly, um, the $2.6 million add back that is in 22-23. And at present time, there is no identified funding source to continue that add back support. So at the bottom, you will see a number outlined in red, which is a $1.6 million budget shortfall. And as a part of this, uh, the mayoral budget process, we did submit a balanced budget. And to make up for that shortfall, our commission submitted a supplemental budget request to the mayor's office. Now, our first request is for 1.53 million, which would retain eight existing staff members and prevent cuts. Maintaining this staffing level is important because we want to be set up and best prepared to apply and secure this unprecedented amount of federal grant funding that is available right now for climate resilience and climate action. And we believe that this current staffing level that we have is set up to do that. Our second request is about is a 350 or I'm sorry, 3.5 million dollars. Um, and this is this is to really enhance the climate work that we are doing and plan implementation. This allows us to build upon the existing capacity that we have and really support the community participation in climate action that we have been able to achieve over the last two years. The third ask, which is not a slide, but I can talk to you about it here. Uh, last year, the Board of Supervisors passed a new ordinance that begins the transition from gas-powered electric lawn maintenance equipment to, uh, I'm sorry, gas-powered equipment to electric lawn equipment. Right now, this ordinance is unfunded, and we are responsible for administering that. So finally, from there, we can turn and just say, how can you get involved in climate action? I think, one, it's important to recognize, let your voices be heard. Um, write to your supervisor, participate in public comment, join a community organization, or find a local community group in your neighborhood. Uh, I don't think you are, you are never too young to be a climate activist, and you are the future, and you will inherit this planet. What's next? Uh, our climate crisis is not waiting. We've made progress and we know that there is more work to do. We're going to continue to implement the Climate Action Plan and I think your voice is crucial. We would welcome any support from the Commission on our budget and Climate Action Plan and we stand ready to partner with you in preserving and protecting our environment for today and most importantly for tomorrow. And with that, I'd be happy to take any questions that you may have. I'm joined uh, online by my colleague, Charles Sheehan. Great, thank you so much. Um, do commissioners have any questions? Can I do point of privilege real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Commissioner Barker Plummer. Sure, I sort of had two um, questions. The first is in regards to the 5,000 new units per year um, target. 
how has that been adjusted now that the housing element is in place and how are you planning to um, make sure that new housing being built because of that is going to be environmentally sustainable? Sure. So we're currently still evaluating that proposal that's come from the Board of Supervisors, but I think what is important to recognize is last year the uh, through the board, they passed a all-electric new housing ordinance. So every new unit and home in San Francisco is built without fossil fuel and natural gas and has that electric infrastructure. So that means that every new affordable unit is not going to have those harmful NO2 levels that have been really present in a lot of our communities and neighborhoods to date. Okay, thank you. And I, I, I don't know if you know this, but does that ordinance um, prohibit the, or like, is that another hindrance to creating new housing or has that not proven to be an issue? So. Um, I do not believe it will be a hindrance to new housing just from the standpoint of the investment is up front mm -hmm. and I would think from a perspective of um, building new with electric infrastructure is cheaper and more efficient than tearing out current residential infrastructure to rip out gas lines mm -hmm. and go ahead and basically upgrade electric equipment. Which would happen anyway. Yeah, so when, when we're building new units and new homes in San Francisco, not only is it the, um, basically the latest and greatest in electrical equipment, but it's also the highest level of capacity to plug into the grid. So you won't even have those, um, let, let's say if you were to change out um, an apartment building that has 10 or 12 units, you know that any time that you add more electric appliances or capacity, you're going to draw more from the grid. Um, when those buildings are built, they're built with increased capacity to go ahead and handle that. Good. And then my only other question is, I know you said that you had, you both proposed your regular budget allocation to the mayor, which was balanced, and then you're also hoping to get this additional supplemental. Um, given the fact, given the, the state that San Francisco's finances are in right now and the current projections, are you guys prepared in the case that you don't have that budget supplemental added? Are you prepared for being able to move forward? Like, are these two separate things that you would like the second one to happen, but in the case that only one can happen? So I think in a, a world of, of looking at all of those asks, that 1.5 million keeps the department whole. It keeps those staff positions that we have. Um, I will be honest with you and say that that 1.5 million, if the department does not receive that allocation, we're at risk of letting staff go. Um, and so that would be a priority for us. We are continuing conversations with the mayor's office. We're continuing conversations with the board of supervisors. Um, that is our primary. And that, that secondary ask of 3.5 million allows us to build upon the growth that we're currently doing. Um, Yes, we're, we're being realistic about the financial situation that the city finds itself in, um, but I think that we, at the department, we are optimistic and we're gonna continue to be proactive and fight for climate action here in San Francisco. So um, we're always gonna try to advocate for as much as we can to try to make the biggest impact that we can. Thank you. Are there any, yes, Commissioner Miller. Hello, um, thank you so much for the presentation and um, like, um, or I, I personally think that, you know, this is one of the most important, you know, departments for us young people because, you know, like you said, it's really about, you know, the future and, you know, tomorrow. So I think it's, it's really important and I'd love to, um, you know, work with your department. I think the past year we um, passed a resolution that was supporting the um, budget supplement that you were asking for. So I'd be interested in working with you on that. Um, but I did have a few questions. 
I know um, you talked a little bit about like electric vehicles and obviously, you know, that's, um, it, you know, it's, it's better than gas vehicles, but you know, something that I'm really like interested in is like kind of, and the, I think the city has goals to shift more people onto, you know, bicycles, public transportation and another, you know, sustainable um, transportation that, you know, is maybe more efficient, you know, than a car. It's not creating traffic on the roads and such. So like, how's your department um, working on that? Yeah, so we, we recognize that, you know, San Francisco is a transit first city and we work with our partners at SFMTA and they are a part of this climate action plan. And I think um, one of the things that I can tie from the, the question from um, the vice chair was the housing aspect that we're talking about is building housing near transit to allow individuals to utilize the transit system here in San Francisco and not have to worry about those vehicles. Um, we know that over the past year, over a quarter of vehicle registrations in the city of San Francisco were EVs. Our department is currently working on building that EV charging infrastructure for one, greater capacity, but also greater equity. So this is always at our forefront. We recognize that Electrification, not only in our, our building portfolio, but in our transit system is incredibly important because they go hand in hand. That's never going to be far from our mind as we look forward. Yeah, and I know specifically there's maybe been like some action at like the state level trying to like get um, something like this. And I know other states or like cities like Denver have done this. But have you looked at all at like um, electric like bicycle rebates or stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's funny that you mentioned that. So right now at the federal level, I don't know if you've seen, but there's been discussion about like a federal e-bike rebate. Um, there, are, there are already rebates and dollars that are out there coming from the state that are supposed to come online within the second quarter of the year. Um, we've had a lot of interest actually from some of our supervisors on e-bikes because we know that Bicycles are incredibly sustainable forms of transportation. E-bikes certainly help here, not only with speed of mobility, but getting up some of those hills. One program that we're working on right now is a pilot program with e-bike uh, food delivery. Oh. So, um, for example, you know, I'm, our office is at 1155 Market Street. Uh, there are no private vehicles that are allowed down market that way. Um, so if anyone orders lunch, really the, those vehicles can't come down that way. Uh, E-bikes can because the, the street is utilized for bikes. We have 30 individuals that come in two cohorts that will receive, they, they basically will receive an e-bike in order to share data with us on how they are better utilizing routes um, and really kind of tracking and making the case for switching from gas vehicles to e-bikes for food delivery. So those programs are continuing to come online and we're always looking for growth in that way. Yes, perfect. And sorry, I have one last question. Sure. Um, this is in regards, I know the department operates an emergency ride home program um, that helps like if you have like a, your bicycle gets a flat tire and you're at work, you can't come home, you get a taxi ride. But the program is currently restricted to people 18 and over. Is there a rationale behind that? Because I know many people like myself who are under 18, you know, we work and sometimes I've biked to school and I've gotten a flat tire or biked to work and gotten a flat tire. And it, I'm just curious what the rationale for that is. Um, so unfortunately, I'm, I'm not 100% prepared to answer that question that e this evening. But if, you, if the commission would allow me the opportunity to confer with my colleagues at the department and respond to you um, with a little bit more information on that, not only will I, I, I promise to get you that information, but to, to potentially work with you in the future on how we can address that. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Are there any other questions? Well, I have a few um, while commissioners are thinking, but 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'm really grateful that you guys are here presenting. Um, last year, like Commissioner Miller mentioned, uh, we wrote a resolution um, in support of the ATBACs so that the Board of Supervisors would fund the Climate Action Plan. So um, we know that this work is really important. But um, I was more curious about, like, your specific role within like implementing these goals um, for the climate action plan. Like for example, the transportation one, I know you mentioned that um, you're in close collaboration with the SFMTA. So I was just wondering in general, like what's your exact role in like implementing all of these goals and like how does your collaboration with like the SFMTA or like um, the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing or the Board of Supervisors even look like and like how does having strong partners like benefit your work? Sure. Um, so I think we are we are lucky here in the city to work with our collaborative partners at other departments. Um, one perspective I think I can offer is that we we jointly look for funding together to maximize that impact. So I can say to you that we are not fighting amongst departments for dollars out there mm -hmm. to bring to San Francisco. We would much greaterly collaborate than basically fight for the same amount of dollars. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of what we do is advise and work together with those departments. So for instance, you know, I know from, from my perspective is we may not be the, the experts on the public transportation system here, but we have experts in energy efficiency and electron um, and EVs. So I know that our, our new transportation director and our energy efficiency director work with those departments to go ahead and not only make funding but advocacy communication to our communities and make sure that every resident knows of the opportunities and the dollars out there to have the greatest impact in their home and for their bottom line mm -hmm. um i i'm i'm trying to think of more collaborative um partnerships that are out there and i'd be happy to maybe respond later in in writing if if that would be appropriate um but we know that the the climate action plan since it was passed not only by you know brought but by the mayor but actually codified into chapter 19 by the board of supervisors um it is a citywide effort mm -hmm. and we know that many hands make light work so we're we're not alone in this fight yeah yeah totally agree i mean this plan is so important but it requires a lot of people to collaborate so i was just wondering like a follow-up question like um in the past has the department of environment been able to successfully collaborate with other departments um and do you think like those results will foresee like an optimistic like i don't i don't want to say output but like outcome yeah an optimistic outcome for you know the implementation of this plan because i know like in the past especially with things like the transit first policy san francisco hasn't met a lot of the goals that we've set for ourselves so i just don't want the climate action plan to be one of those other goals that san francisco doesn't meet so i'm wondering like do you think collaboration from like other departments in the past will show that this this is something that will come through yeah i i i believe wholeheartedly that it will we know that the climate action plan um is unique from the perspective of there are not many other cities that have such a detailed and heavy climate action plan as we do um not only that but you know part of our ad back that we received two years ago we partnered with uh the um the clee center in berkeley to actually try to put a number on how much climate action 
would cost and implementing all of these 31 strategies and 159 actions. And, you know, that number is not small. It's anywhere between $2 billion to $20 billion. Uh, two weeks ago at the Budget and Appropriations Committee, we were able to have a hearing with the Board of Supervisors to maybe talk about some of these initiatives. And we're looking at um, whether that's a, a potential climate bond in the future, working with our partners at Capital Planning and Resilience to make sure that climate action is part of the future in this city um, that is funded, or even some of the work that goes into, you know, let's say um, new buildings here in the city with uh, the SFPUC. Um, recently, the Board of Supervisors passed the Mayor's Ordinance, which is the update to Chapter 7, which is all city buildings will now have to begin the transition from fossil fuels to electric. So that means that your libraries, your community centers, um, health clinics, all of these buildings that are incredibly important to everyone here in San Francisco will be more resilient than ever. Um, and that's a collaborative process. Awesome. Yeah. Um, are there any other questions from commissioners? I know we're running a little short on time, but um, if not, I also wanted to invite you to um, our Youth Commission Budget Town Hall, which is happening this Thursday at 5 p.m. Um, like you mentioned earlier, you know, collaboration and also youth and adult partnerships are like the ways that we get results in the city. So I was wondering like if you were available, um, if you or anyone else from the Department of Environment could come um, and talk about the Department of Environment's priorities and also hear about youth um, and their concerns regarding like climate change and just like issues in the city in general, um, that would be great. So And that's this Thursday? This Thursday, yeah. Um, I, either myself or someone from my department will, um, will try to be there and I'll communicate um, whoever that may be. Great. To staff. Yeah, we can totally send details later. But thank you so much for coming and speaking to us today. This was really helpful. And thank you so much, commissioners, for your time. And, and please know that if you have any questions, the San Francisco Environment Department is here, and we're happy to assist and answer what we can. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great. Um, moving on to the next presentation, which is no, we can do public comment at the end. It's not that Yeah. Um, which is from the Office of Financial Empowerment, K2C. Um, we have Mohan. Is 10 minutes for presenting and 10 minutes for questioning okay with you? Uh, yes. Is it? Is this the right speaker? You can use this one? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Either one. And then to advance the slides, someone will be able to help me. Awesome. Cool. Um, okay to begin? Yes, go awesome. ahead. Whatever so my name is Mohan, and I'm the Kindergarten to College Program Manager, and we're part of the San Francisco Office of Financial Empowerment. We're here today to really enlist your support with making sure students, particularly graduating seniors, know that every SFUSD student has money for college. Um, and so <clears throat> we'll go through a short presentation and video, and then definitely take your time for questions. So uh, we can go to the next slide. Um, and we'll just go to the next one. And actually, let's um, let's go ahead and play this video. We have a, a YouTube link to it, hopefully. Oh, <laughs> can you log into your email? Uh, I can also I can also tell you where to find it on the website if needed. Whatever is easier. Um, and just as we pull that up, so the Office of Financial Empowerment is. Part of the Office of the San Francisco Treasurer and Tax Collector, 
And K2C is one of the initiatives within OFE. Um, you may have also heard about Financial Justice Project. That's another initiative within the Treasurer's Office working to really improve the financial lives of San Franciscans. Um, and K2C started in 2011. Um, so over 10 years ago, our first cohort of students are graduating this year. Um, every student in the school district has this account open for them for college with at least $50. Um, and for our graduating seniors, there are students who have hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars saved. Go to YouTube. Um, while we do that, um, is it okay if I pass these out? Yeah. Cool. Go for All it. Right. Oh, future work saving, future work saving for video. Um, I can actually show you how to get there. So um, if you can click on about K2C and scroll down just a little bit, that video on the left. Yeah. I hope that my kids future is bright that they become very successful people. Maybe who knows, the future presidents of the United States. In 2011, we launched the Kindergarten and College Program with then Mayor Gavin Newsom. The program is designed to open up college savings accounts for all kids as they enter kindergarten in our public school district. I heard about the KTC program when my son or the past week I went to kindergarten. They were talking about it. I thought that was a very good idea. And I haven't really done it since then. Tengo dos niños. Mi hijo mayor estudia en noveno grado. Y tengo una niña de nueve años que estudia en tercer grado en la Monroe en la Vintage. Yo escuché del programa KTC la primera vez porque empezaron a llegar las cartas en la casa. No tenemos suficientes ingresos como para sacar una parte para hogar. Entonces, participar en el programa es una gran ayuda. In order to encourage those deposits, we actually offer cash incentives that tell families that if you make a deposit, we'll put even more money into your college savings account. Tenemos la posibilidad de tener el doble de esto poquito que nosotros ahorramos. The Kindergarten to College program not only is automatically universal for every child in their public school district, but we put extra effort into reaching out to kids in low-income communities and communities of color. We want every child to be successful. We want every child to have the opportunity to go to college. We want to make sure that nobody's left behind in San Francisco. Every time we talk about it, or we receive like the bank statements that they send on a regular basis, it sparks the conversation about talking about college, about saving money, and feels good to save for college. Knowing that I have a saving account makes me think more about college. And feels that it's worth saving for. When I grow up, I want to be a veterinarian. I want to be a chef. I think a future worth saving for is a future where I see that every child growing up in San Francisco is not only a dream for college, but a pathway to college. Well, thank you. Um, and if we can go back to the 
PowerPoint deck. We'll just go through a few slides and then take time for questions. Um, so as I mentioned, um, KDC is part of the Office of Financial Empowerment. Um, we have a number of programs, including Smart Money Coaching. Uh, we've helped um, with some initiatives, including Guaranteed Income here in the city, and uh, programs like Bank On, which helps provide access to affordable um, and safe uh, checking accounts. Um, and we can go to next slide. And these photos are actually from our anniversary celebration last year that, as you can see in the video, included um, the mayor and Gavin Newsom. And as I mentioned, every student in the district automatically gets this account with $50. We can go to the next slide. Um, part of the premise of KDC is that it's based on research that shows that just having an account in a, student, in a student's name increases the likelihood of them going to college up to seven times. Um, and there can be as little as $500 that really increases that likelihood as well. Um, those uh, differences are really pronounced for lower income and students of color. Um, and it also can lead to the greater likelihood of students not only going to college but graduating. Um, and lastly, just a few account features to, to consider. Um, there's no social security number um, or even tax ID like an I-10 required. Um, there's no impact on public benefits. There's no fees. Students can log in and view their balance online. <clears throat> and we also offer incentives um, in lieu of regular interest. But if somebody logs in to view their balance online, they'll get $20. If they put in $20, we'll match that $20. So there's ways that students really grow their balance over time. Um, with that, I'll pause since I think we're probably at about 10 minutes. Um, I'm not sure that this is working, um, time remaining. So yeah, what, what are some things that people are curious about? I had a question. Um, one, nice to meet again. We met at the Parks and Rec Youth um, event. And I was curious what your what the K2C's plan is for conducting outreach about of the program. Yeah, so we, um, I actually have my colleagues here, Celia and Teresa. They both lead our community and engagement efforts. Um, and so we have a number of things we do currently just uh, to promote K2C overall. Um, we have, um, anytime a student enters the school district, we send them a welcome kit in the mail. Uh, we send that in the household's preferred language. Um, it tells them what K2C is. It gives them their account number. Um, we also follow up with that letter with a text message. Um, and we prompt the students or the, the uh, parent to log in and view the balance online to make their first deposit. Um, but, you know, just sending things in the mail or by text is not enough to build that trusting relationship. So we'll try to be out in the community like the one that, where we met. Um, we rely on what we call school ambassadors, which are essentially um, teachers, the school secretary, anyone out of school who wants to champion K to C. Um, and we've heard from a lot of our families that that's often the way that they hear about the program for the first time. Um, so those are a few things. And we work with some community partners like Mission Graduates, Parents for Public Schools, um, Family Connection Centers as well. Um, they have the trusted relationships in the community and they're weaving in K to C to their existing programming. But we, specifically for graduation, um, we can go to the next uh, slide. Um, and actually the one after. So we're gonna, basically part of why we're here today is we wanna make sure people know that um, they'll be receiving a letter from us um, by the end of April if they're a senior um, to complete the intake form to be able to claim their money for college. Um, we're going to ask them to, you know, basically affirm that, you know, they're graduating, they're going to college, and they, they agree to use the money for college-related expenses, and then we'll be dispersing payments in July. 
Um, and so along with just this overall process, if we go to the next slide, um, we'll be sending a, a letter that's just specifically around gra graduation that tells them what their balance is. We'll also have an updated flyer um, but that's a little bit more detailed than the, the one you have. Um, and we'll be passing this out um, at a few different, in collaboration with SFUSD. So hopefully when graduating seniors are going to pick up their, their tickets for the ceremony, they'll get a flyer. Um, they'll also get it in a, in a mass mailing the district um, will have that's just uh, targeting seniors. Um, and we plan to be at the graduation ceremonies themselves. Do you target students specifically at different points in high school too, like while they can still have an impact on the balance? So I think that's what I'm really excited about for the program because, you know, we're, we're 10 plus years, but this is our first cohort of students that are graduating. So I think, to be honest, um, you can kind of get a vibe of that from that video, right, that a lot, of, a lot of our messaging, a lot of the way that we talked about K2C has been with this thought of, like, these younger students, right? And I'm like, hey, these are young adults that are here that, you know, can save, they can be, you know, if they work, like you were mentioning, like, put in your own money and earn these incentives. Um, and so I think we're really excited by that opportunity to grow that aspect of our outreach um, by having, you know, folks like you all help get the word out. Um, you know, we've, we've wanted to do more programming that's actually high school specific. That's great to hear. Um, I'll let some people do you go. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I was wondering what percentage of students forget to take out the money from the account? And if they never do take it out, what happens with the money? So we don't have, um, this is going to be our first opportunity to get graduating seniors um, their money. So um, there's, there's a couple ways I'm thinking about out of a group of about 4,200 students, um, seniors rather, um, we, we don't know actually how many of them are, one, graduating and then also going to college. Um, and, and then, you know, also know that there's this money and then want to seek it out. But um, I'd say that we, we have about 1,000 students who've really, like, saved their own money out of that 4,200 or have contributed money of their own. Um, and we, we expect to hear from at least them. But we know that, you know, I was, we had a, a small pilot actually last year. There was about 130 students who may have skipped a grade and had an account. Um, and that allowed us to kind of test some of our communication. And, you know, I spoke to, like, a, you know, a, a teen mom who was in school and was like, this $50 would actually really help me. Like, I didn't know that I had $50, but it would actually help me pay for transportation. It would actually encourage me to go to, you know, community college. So we also anticipate, you know, even for those students that only have the $50, that there'll be many of them, we hope, who, who claim that money. We have no interest in, I have no interest in holding on to that money. It'll recycle back into the program for other students, but it's there for them. Um, after, um, the, when the next school year starts, if the student has not claimed their money and they are no longer in the district, then the $50 that's there will recycle back um, as an incentive. Um, when, in general, when students leave the district, um, they can also move their balance over to what's called a 529 scholar share account, which is an investment account. So they can take that money with them and continue to grow their balance. So to clarify, they have to take out the money immediately after graduating. We're going to be timing it so that we'll issue the payments um, probably in July, so following graduation, 
Um, and yeah, we want to we want to get students their money um, as soon as possible. And if they don't plan to use the money right away, like let's say they're going to take a year off or they're not even completely sure of their college plans, they can still transfer it to a 529 account. Thank you. Yeah. Commissioner Parker Plummer. Uh, thank you. Well, first, I think that this is a really awesome program that I didn't know about, um, and I'm really glad that this is uh, going on, and I think your communications look really good as well, which is important with this kind of thing. I mean, really, your job now is is public engagement and making sure that, that students especially are aware. So I'm wondering sort of what challenges have been um, in place so far, because I'm wondering kind of what the Youth Commission can do to support and what ideas we can provide you with um, for how to improve um, the current outreach as well as just the program itself. I appreciate that. Um, so we, we did go through a rebranding effort last year. Um, we had some kind of a uh, little bit older, drabber color scheme on our logo, and we really intentionally wanted to make this more youthful, um, you know, with, with both the imagery and colors, but um, aspirational and speaking to that younger audience, and I think that's helped us um, in a way. Uh, we we did this video last year for our anniversary celebration that the governor attended um, along with the mayor, but we're actually going to be filming a new video uh, this week um, at SOTA with four of our students who have really been um, stars uh, in our program, so four graduating seniors. I think that video, once we have it, um, we want to have it by the end of April, ideally. Um, That'll be something I'd love for you all to be able to share with your network. We'll have, along with that, a bunch of um, social media. Um, we'll have some social media influencers with their own posts um, and reels that we will try to, you know, have the word get out. But you all, with your peers, are going to be, you know, really the best ones to help, you know, communicate that message. Um, and both, I think, for those who are graduating, but even to have it resonate down for, you know, to your question, like the high school students that are, are younger, because it's useful for them to hear, even if they're a junior or sophomore, that there's time for them to save. We have, you know, also just like um, an art um, and video contest we just wrapped up. That's for seniors. We have had a virtual summer college tour. All of those are opportunities for students to earn scholarships um, through our program, even outside of um, the incentives by making a deposit. Commissioner Loftus. Oh, yes, I have a question, but I would like to start by saying that I actually do remember when this program rolled out in kindergarten, uh, and I do remember the old logo. It was very cute, but this one's definitely more colorful. Uh, where's, where do you get your budget from? Where do you, the funding for these accounts? I know you said that if it's not claimed, it's going to circle back, but where does it come from originally? Yeah, so we are funded, uh, my salary, my, my team's salary is funded, um, we're, we are city employees, um, and we have received funding from the SF General Fund, um, not just to pay for a lot of the core operational and staffing costs of the program, but also the incentives. Um, so we receive about $400,000 total um, every year. Um, how that kind of breaks up is we, you know, we open uh, accounts for, you know, every new student who enters the district with $50. Um, and we open it for any student who, you know, either joins in kindergarten or joins in 11th grade, uh, will open an account regardless. Um, and so some of that funding is for that initial seed. Some of that we're able to use for other uh, incentives uh, we offer. Um, in the past, we've had some funding as well from the state, uh, specifically the California Student Aid Commission. If you apply for Cal Grants, that's who you apply to, I believe. 
Um, and they've given us some funding to do some really targeted outreach as well as additional incentives in communities, um, particularly um, in the Bayview and Mission District where the opportunity gap has been identified as the biggest, particularly for black male students and students of color. Um, and so we've done some additional incentives like an equity incentive um, in addition to the $50 every student gets in the district. So those students get $200. We offer an incentive if they make a deposit of $5, they'll get $150 more. If they do that twice, they'll get another $150. So they can get to that 500 number just by depositing $10. Um, that's for some select schools, uh, first to fourth grade. But when we, we've had some, um, in other words, some foundations and um, as well as some uh, state level support that's helped us uh, be more creative and do things like our rebranding. All right, thank you. And thank you for reminding me because I will check my account tonight, see how much money I have. So are you, are you a senior? I am. Okay, so yeah, we have students who've literally had this account since they were in kindergarten. Oh no, I remember being on Miss Yee's carpet, them, them telling me I had $50. And when you're six years old, $50 is a lot of money. Yeah, I, um, just hearing that, right, is so much more impactful than me coming up here and, and trying to tell you what K2C is. And so that's what I really mean that by you all helping to, to spread the word. Um, and I think from a, you know, as adult, when I talk to this to other adults, uh, I still think of myself as being somewhat youthful, but they're like $50, like, what does that matter? And it's like, well, it, it matters to someone. It matters to that, that mom who has a kid that needs to find a way to pay for BART. Um, and it's, it's what sparks that conversation. So it's awesome to hear that you, you've been part of our program since the beginning. Well, time is almost up for questions, but we can take a few more final ones. Um, wow, we have a lot of questions. Uh, Commissioner Adair. Um, thank you so much for your time and for answering all our questions. But what I'm wondering is what you think, um, in particular, the Youth Commission can accomplish, um, you know, on two fronts, really, both in terms of um, helping you guys with your outreach and in terms of advocating for, you know, continued budget support. Um, what, what are your ideas there? What, what could we do for you? So I think um, particularly when we have this application that we're building out uh, in-house in our department, um, tailoring to this situation of people graduating but also leaving the district, but having ready by the time graduation comes, letting people know that it's here, you know, either resharing things on social media, we'll have, you know, some draft language you can use if you want to email blast anyone or include it like in your own communications as a youth commission. Um, I think that'll be the, the key part. Um, and to do that, you know, with maybe graduation as that opportunity, but to know that we want to continually message, um, you know, this opportunity to, to high school students and younger students. Um, and so if you have opportunities within your own schools where you see us playing a part in outreach events, um, in, you know, putting on workshops, um, frankly, creative ideas beyond the ones we brainstormed of the ways you think we should be, you know, being out there in the community or messaging things, then um, I welcome that. And if there's really that, you know, interest, we can think about organizing a separate time to even do some more focus groups and or have conversations around it. On the, on the funding side, I don't want to say we, we can't use more funding, but, you know, I think Department of Environment sounds like they could, you know, definitely use some support, so. Commissioner Miller. Okay, real quickly, like if somebody has money in the account and they decide that they're not going to college, can they still get that money? So the $50 that's there is specifically um, uh, in the form of a scholarship that's conditional on them pursuing higher education. Now the higher education can be 
pretty much anything post-secondary educational uh, after high school, whether that's like trade school, vocational school, community college, um, and pretty broad in the types of expenses. Um, if they have contributed their own money um, and they've earned incentives, then they can always get their money that they've put in. Um, that includes someone who maybe has experienced some financial hardship. So we had some participants, um, you know, obviously during COVID who, you know, they wanted to stay for college, they had, but then they're trying to make that trade off of, I'm facing eviction, so what do I do? Or I need to buy a laptop for remote learning. So we, ha we do allow people to withdraw their contributions if they're in the district and then keep their incentives. But if they ever needed to just leave the district and decided I'm, you know, my plans have changed, then they can always get their money back. But the incentives will be conditional on pursuing higher education. I see. Thank you. Any last final questions? Commissioner, I think. Um, I just had a quick question. You mentioned the ambassadors for K to C. Does that include youth? Or like, do you do any outreach to high school students, having them be ambassadors for this program? I've wanted to grow that component. Um, and we, we literally just, uh, have built up our team. Um, so uh, Teresa and Celia have been, you know, uh, with us the last three months, and we're super excited to explore those opportunities. So if we could have sort of a youth, um, a youth-led ambassador program or initiative um, to help get the word out, then I, I think that's something we'd definitely be open to. Great. Um, are there any final questions? If not, um, I know we're running out of time, but. Thank you for coming and speaking to us today. Um, I think it would be a great idea if we furthered our conversation. Maybe you could join the Civic Engagement and Education Committee, because I know similarly they're working on a lot of initiatives that affect SFUSD youth. So um, yeah, we would love to continue to help um, K2C and also like deepen your connection with high school students, um, because that seems like where um, your organization could grow. So. Yeah, also, if you're free on Thursday um, at 5 p.m., you could join us for our budget town hall. Um, but, yeah, we'll be sure to forward any questions if we have any. But thank you for speaking to us today. Thank you all. Appreciate if it. Can, if I can just ask um, for on behalf of comms, um, I don't know if we need all of them, but if we could take some more of those flyers and put them in the Youth Commission office or possibly share them at our town hall, that would be great as well. We have a lot. Uh, so I don't, I, we didn't want to bring too many, but I, if you're okay with keeping these, you're welcome to them. I think that will be cool. whatever you Thank Awesome. You. Thank you all. Thank you. Um, okay. <laughs> no, please. This is what we were going to do with them anyway. Okay. Our next presentation um, is from Larkin Street Youth Services. Uh, are they presenting online or? Oh, they're here. Oh, oh, hello. Thank you for coming. Oh, Tina. Um, so you'll have 10 minutes to present and 10 minutes for questions. Does that sound okay? Yeah. Okay. So whenever you're ready. Oh, oh. all right. Um, awesome. Thank you for having us. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, my name is Kelsey Pimentel. Um, I use she, her, her pronouns, and I'm the program manager of youth leadership at Larkin Street Youth Services. Oh, could you speak into the mic, please? Yes. Oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm Kelsey. Is that better? Yes. Thank you. Sweet. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm Kelsey Fimentel. I use she, her, hers pronouns, and I'm the program manager of youth leadership at Larkin Street Youth Services. Hi, I'm Marnie Regan. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm the division director for government relations at Larkin Street. Thanks for having us. All right. Um, can we go to the next slide, please? Thank you. Thank you. All right, so a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. We're going to just give you a brief synopsis of what Larkin Street Youth Services does. Um, then we're going to speak a little on who our funders are locally. And then we're going to talk about our impact as well as like just ours, but also just the San Francisco homelessness response system specifically for the TAY providers. And then we'll talk about our budget asks for this upcoming fiscal year. All right, so a little bit about Larkin Street. So we were founded in 1984. Um, we have a wide variety of services and programs that we offer youth um, ages 12 to 24. Um, those vary from street outreach. We have two different drop-ins, uh, one located in the Tenderloin, a second one up in the Hate. Um, that is our smaller satellite drop-in. Uh, additionally, we have two shelters. One of those is dedicated to minors, so 12 to 17. And then our other one is dedicated for those who are 18 to 24. Additionally, we offer TLPs, otherwise known as transitional living placements, which are a two-year program. We also have PSHs, which are permanent supportive housing. Um, and we also offer rapid rehousing, housing subsidies, um, employment and educational support services, and some health and wellness services. Um, so a little bit about the demographics of who we serve. Um, so we serve approximately 1,500 youth per year. Um, of those 1,500 youth, um, about 28% are LGBTQ2 plus identified youth. We have about 46% BIPOC identified youth, as well as 46%, oh, sorry, 9% immigrant and or undocumented monolingual youth. Okay, and so, um, um, so because we've been around for 40 years, um, we have a lot of longstanding um, wonderful partnerships with the city of San Francisco across multiple departments in this, in the, um, with advocacy um, alliances and also with service contracts. Um, the city pays our team, our youth, or our, our staff to serve youth um, who are facing homelessness. And the major um, city funders um, HSH, who funds um, our shelter and housing programs, which um, I believe we're up to 20 sites now, and we have um, uh, about 20 contracts with HSH. Uh, DCYF, we've had um, contracts with DCYF for many years. Um, they serve, uh, they fund our education, employment, and youth leadership programs. Uh, Department of Public Health, of course. Um, we've had contracts with DPH for a very long time. Um, behavioral health, clinical services, outreach and substance use counseling, including our uh, Hate Street drop-in. The Mayor's Office of Housing Community Development, MOCD. Um, we have funding from MO, uh, who um, uh, fund housing and services predominantly for um, HIV positive and HIV vulnerable Tay. Um, Larkin Street actually is the longest serving um, uh, provider for youth uh, with HIV positive um, or HIV vulnerable status. 
Um, and then OED, Office of Economic and Workforce Development, um, Employment and Education, um, longstanding partnerships. We also have some other contracts like the Port of San Francisco, which is a couple years old. Um, and we've had some, um, some wonderful partnerships with um, the uh, um, HSA, which is no longer around, and then um, Human Services, uh, the uh, um, Human Rights Coalition. All right, so I'm going to talk to you guys now a little bit about our impact. Um, I'm going to kick off by starting with the TAY system of care, uh, most importantly with the PIT youth count, uh, specifically last year. Um, so we saw that there was a huge decrease in youth homelessness across San Francisco. Um, so for youth under 24, it decreased by 6% from 2019 to 2022, so roughly 1,145 to um, 1,073 youth across San Francisco. That's a huge decrease for us. Um, additionally, parenting youth households experiencing homelessness decreased by 47%. Um, now, kind of zoning in for Larkin Street Youth Services, um, last year for our annual impact report, we served, like I said, approximately 1,500 youth um, for the year. Majority are ages 18 to 24, which is that Tay spectrum. Um, additionally, we housed 429 youth in long-term housing and provided around 160 youth in shelter services. Um, we also placed 145 people into employment with an average wage of $19 per hour, which is successfully above the minimum wage, including the California minimum ordinance wage. Um, and nine out of 10 young people in our housing programs exit to stable housing with 75% enrolled in school or maintaining employment. All right. Um, so jumping in for this upcoming fiscal year's TAY budget asks. Um, so first and foremost, every year, um, the way we compile the budget priorities is by hosting youth focus groups internally. Um, so we do a, a series of focus groups. We ask um, many youth across all of our programmings, um, and we ask for their input. We ask them, what are your priorities for TAY experiencing homelessness and or at risk of homelessness in San Francisco? Um, we then take that input and we convene together with other TAY youth providers across San Francisco, and we see what are those priorities like across the board. And then we bring it to folks like you, and then we also bring it up to the Board of Supervisors, and we advocate here at City Hall during public comment time. Um, so more about those budget asks, I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to Marnie, and she's going to break it down by bucket. So our provider partners, um, Lyric was just here. Thank you for honoring Lyric. Um, we do a lot of work with them. Um, uh, <clears throat> Homeless Youth Alliance, Third Street, Lyric, Huckleberry, at the crossroads, five keys, first place for youth. Um, we don't do this work alone. We do it in partnership with our TAPE providers across the entire city and county of San Francisco. So these asks and these budget priorities reflect the entire TAPE system of care. Um, my colleague here, uh, Kelsey, mentioned the pit count, which you're all, I'm sure, familiar with. Um, it showed despite a pandemic, despite an economic downturn, the horrible last three years, um, we showed a 24% decrease in Tay homelessness in San Francisco. We all know the Tay pit, the, the pit count is not perfect. It's, it's one night, one evening of that count. 
but to see a 24% reduction is tremendous. Um, and so our budget asks are literally telling the city, do not take your foot off the gas, keep investing, because that decrease is a direct result of investing in the interventions that we know work. Um, and so that's what we're telling the city loud and clear. Like, like, like if you don't invest, that number goes up, and we don't want that to happen. So as a result of all the work that Kelsey's been doing with convening our youth, our community partners, um, and we literally ask the question over and over again, what is emerging, what is happening, particularly as the pandemic shifts into whatever we're calling it now, post-pandemic or not a public health emergency, um, several things are emerging, um, and I think that none of these should be terribly surprising. Um, behavioral health. Mental health and behavioral health for young people experiencing homelessness is a huge need. Um, TAY providers are um, substantially understaffed in this area. We need clinical staff at the TAY NAV Center on Post Street. Uh, they currently do not have any publicly funded staff. Um, it's all private fundraising, so they're constantly scrambling to get um, sustainable um, funding for those clinicians. Um, they have 75% uh, of their youth at any given night is um, in drastic need of mental health supports um, and clinical supports across the TAY system of care. Um, emergency services, food insecurity continues to be a huge need among youth experiencing homelessness. It's super sad. It makes no sense um, in a city like San Francisco. Um, the shelters, our drop-ins, um, all the TAY providers at their um, sites can have food. It's the youth who are on the street or um, trying to survive in their independent housing and can barely afford rent and um, trying, just trying to not be hungry. And it's, um, it still blows my mind that that is such a huge need. Um, and so that is across, we want um, more food pantries and more meal distribution for TAY. Um, Nobody should be going hungry, particularly growing and developing youth who are trying to get their lives back together. Um, Your 10 minutes for presenting are up, but if you just have a few more slides, feel free to continue. Um, okay, uh, drop-in services for, there's going to be a new um, drop-in center at 730 Stanion um, next year. It's a big site. High is going to be running it. We need support service. We need funding to support the services there. Um, we need subsidies and case management for uh, youth fleeing domestic violence and intimate partner violence. Um, this was an ask last year. The city didn't fund it. This morning at LHCB, um, there's a huge um, study that HSH just released showing the impact of domestic violence among homeless populations, and it's really sad, and it's a direct result of not funding the, these uh, supports. Um, literally, youth who are fleeing domestic or community violence need a safe place to go, and we're asking we're, all we're asking for are subsidies. Um, prevention, problem solving, and housing navigators for very specific youth populations. Immigrant and asylum seeking youth um, are coming to San Francisco. Trans youth are coming to San Francisco. We're, uh, thank goodness, we're a community or we're a sanctuary city, and we're safe, and we have services, and we need to bulk up our staff to, to support these really vulnerable youth, including pregnant parenting TAY, which we're seeing an increase of. And then finally, workforce. We need to have sustained, you all know this because I still don't understand why Youth Commission doesn't get paid, but um, mm -hmm. youth need um, paid employment, training, and job readiness. That's career focused, paid, sustained, and we need payment solutions for immigrant youth um, because they shouldn't choose between selling a gift card, paying their rent, or getting food. That's 
There you Great. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, are there Thanks any for the extra time? Commissioner Loftus. Can I ask a really quick clarifying question to contextualize some of your data? Um, does parenting youth, youth households mean like parenting youth households, like if there's a parent and their youth, or is it like parenting youth, like they're parenting youth in a household? It means the, the transitional age youth, our client has a child, is either pregnant or has a, a child under the age of 18. Okay, thank you. That's You're welcome. Commissioner Wall. Um, so first I wanted to thank you so much for you know presenting to us and for the work that you do because it's extremely important. Um, so I had a question about um, the process for getting immigrant um, slash undocumented slash asylum youth into housing. So I just wanted to ask about um, the like if there are barriers regarding like eligibility into supportive housing and like um, what would make that um, easier and more simpler. We're low barrier as are other par uh, other partners. So there we don't you get housed if you come to Larkin Street. I think and I, I'm going to put Kelsey on the spot. The barriers that providers. Um, encounter with undocumented or asylum seeker immigrant youth um, are payment options because there's varying degrees of being undocumented. There's all sorts of different levels and um, the, 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 the sort of simple, overly simplified way of paying are gift cards and um, you can't pay your rent with gift cards. So that's, that's a barrier and I'll, I can mm -hmm. ask Kelsey to give more, but not for housing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, like, how, like, yeah, it's really just rent. So, um, for example, uh, within our programming, you know, we may offer like, hey, we're going to pay you. Um, but for youth who have citizenship status, we can put them on payroll or we can give them a direct stipend. Um, whereas for those who are undocumented, wherever they are within their status and paperwork are oftentimes still like forced to be given like gift cards, it's really hard to give them any other form of payment because it requires them to fill out uh, employment documents and they may not have like SSI or anything else for that matter. Okay, thanks, thanks for so the much. Mm -hmm. Any other questions? Yeah, Commissioner Lestana. <laughs> um, yeah, before I ask a question, I just wanted to say like thank you for your presentation, the work that you do. Um, and I noticed that like a large portion of the youth that you serve are queer youth. So I was just like curious and learning more about what like programs or services do you exactly have that serve queer youth? Because like I'm like the chair of the LGBTQ plus task force and one of the main things we're working on is like LGBTQ plus youth homelessness right now. So yeah. Oh, thanks for asking that. Do you mind if you want? Yeah, go for it. So we, um, uh, we're the longest, um, we're the oldest like housing provider for queer youth. Um, we have the Castro Youth Housing Initiative, which is um, a scattered and congregate transitional living program for specifically for queer youth. Um, we have a Belvedere House that's specifically for trans and gender nonconforming youth. Um, that's a direct result of youth telling us over the years, we want our own place, we want our own housing. And so we said, yes, you should have your own housing. And so we created that. Um, we have Hugo House. Um, so very specialized, um, supportive housing and transitional housing programs, not to mention like um, a lot of ally um, group services, um, behavioral health services that are really tailored for queer youth, but specifically housing. Um, youth have the option of living um, in any one of those situations that makes them feel most comfortable. All right, thank you so much. Thank you. Any other questions? Um, if not, I want to thank you guys for your time and for presenting to us today. Um, we recently passed um, a housing 
specifically for Tay Youth BPP, um, written by Commissioner Wong and Commissioner Adair, which touches on a lot of similar topics. So um, we, as as um, a member of the Housing, Recreation, and Transit Committee, we'd be happy to look further into these budget asks and potentially draft up a letter of support. Um, but yeah, we'll be in further conversation about these things. But thank you guys all for the work. One of the things, we have some stuff to leave for you. One of the things I do want to say in terms of advocacy is um, we would love to partner with Youth Commission on addressing the recent violence that um, is plaguing transitional age youth in some of our public schools. Um, there's stabbings, there's fights. That it's pretty bad. And um, Supervisor Melgar has reached out to TAPE providers to say, like, what can we do? These youth are in crisis. Mm -hmm. They're being traumatized. They're not, those needs are not being addressed. We're trying to get DCYF to, like, step up and say, like, invest in, like, after-school activities are great. That's not what these youth need. They need to, like come to us and so love to get some more community um, dialogue and conversations especially with DCYF yeah yeah Thanks. I'll say on that part I know this has definitely been an issue that we've been discussing Commissioner Cooley and I are, are beginning to work on it and just to other commissioners that we'd love to set up a time to talk with you about that um, I think our main focus right now would be like violence intervention programs yeah um, and trying to fund those and if those could end up leading a young person in crisis to you all that might be the way to go as well but definitely we'll certainly follow up on thanks that. thank you and we brought some stuff should we just great yeah you can just pass it at either corner and we'll hand it down the line okay thank you um and also you're invited to our budget town hall this thursday at 5 p.m is that the one at the center yes yeah. oh yeah i'll be there okay awesome thank you <laughs> thank, thank you, you for your time thank you thank you all so much thank you um so our final presentation um, is the climate presentation from Hector, intern in the District 9 office. Um, you'll have 10 minutes to present and 10 minutes for questioning. Is that okay with you? That sounds fine. Awesome. This yeah. one? Yeah, I know. Yes. You can like adjust it too. Just... Hello. Hello. There we go. Hello. All right. Well, as you've heard, I'm Lee Nguyen, Commissioner. Thank you. Uh, my name is Hector Mondragon. I'm a District 10 resident. I'm an intern for District 9 and climate advocate. This is my first time doing something like this, so forgive me if I mess up a little bit. So the presentation will hopefully come up from here. Yeah, there is a Yes. All right. Well, my I wanted to introduce some information before before I take a deep dive into what I was trying to propose. In in the current state for youth employment, it is it rests at eight point eight one percent, which is basically how often youth gets employed, which is at an all time loans since two thousand and twenty where it decreased from 14.85%, and then from 2015 at 18%. Finding jobs at the current state for youth is quite difficult because companies require an enormous amount of experience, enormous amount of time, which youth don't simply have the time for. Youth has many responsibilities, especially in low-income low households, working for their families, in trying to support rent, as well as just trying to 
barely pass school as well, which allocates for worse grades or even a worse step into mental health crisis. And overall, it is quite absurd that you can expect someone so young trying to just get ahead in the world or just trying to support themselves to have something that they basically, naturally, or even physically, it's not possible to obtain. And specifically, these, this project will face into climate, so I wanted to tell you a bit about the climate crisis that's going on. In, in a few, few decades, just even, SF will, some parts of SF will be underwater predictably, especially in inhabited areas and as well. This U.S. is the second most highest carbon emitter out of the whole world. We literally compare to continents. We emit more emissions six times fold than an entire continent like Europe. As well, global temperatures has risen by one, one degree Celsius. It may not sound a lot, but it's quite a bit in perspectives, let's say, for animals and for people, as you've, as you've known global warming, it's going to get a lot hotter. And as well, in the Bay Area neighborhood, something I wanted to focus on specifically was oils and gas. It's something the most prominent issue of our current time. We have oil, five oil refiners here in the Bay Area, especially around livable neighborhoods. There was a woman who lived near an oil refinery. She developed asthma and later in life cancer, which Gratefully, she surpassed it, but it was due to being, living near an oil refinery, and she wasn't actually even compensated for the damage that was being done to her body. Next slide. Okay, my main mission, the project I want to present to you is basically having myself present in front of youth climate-related opportunities and basically getting them into the fight of climate change as well as giving them employment, which could help help them sustain themselves along with their family and living a more greener life. The project itself will contain a multitude of jobs and opportunities, which I've personally worked on, worked in as well. Almost every single one I've worked in, so I can guarantee you there are absolutely beneficial to the youth and the youth mind, especially in sustainability as well. It is upcoming. So a lot of this stuff is going to happen right now and later in the summer. Benefits for, for youth, if they are introduced to these benefits, they will attain certain skills and certain abilities that are not just possible by them looking for themselves alone in the project, they will have a multitude of poss possibilities to ensure greater sustainability as well as attaining experience in energy and water saving measures, basically getting their hands dirty and, and sustainability. There was one job called energy specialist where they removed inefficient measures and basically replacing them with much more efficient measures that's, that secured better costs as well as reducing harm to environment. And as well, data analytics, which is an important skill to use, especially in our current climate and job experience as well. 
and in experience in federal government related issues, which I found opportunities related to the State Department as well. Here is some of the opportunities I wanted to present to the youth. Well-known San Francisco Conservation Corps, which is basically a program started by then Mayor Feinstein, who wanted to improve on youth education and provide them a stable job opportunity. And then for Bayron, Bayron is an organization that dedicates itself to fund, fund sustainable and cost-effective measures to help reduce harm of environment environmental safety as well and return to just safe water costs and households as well. And also gaining credits, the one other opportunity that I cultivated was also volunteer. A lot of schools, not well not a lot of schools in SF, but as well as many other places, they some schools require like volunteer credit or something that you have to do like a exorbitant amount of hours that you need to complete in order to graduate. And personally, I find it quite absurd because, as I said before, students don't just have the time to just go out and complete an exorbitant amount of hours. But one way I can help relieve it was help find an organization like Hands On Bay Area, which allows students to basically become kind of their own boss, to just go in, choose an opportunity, and then they can go out and volunteer on their own leisure. And financial aid, I also understand that financial aid is quite serious, especially in trying to get into college. I, rem I assume that most of you are either juniors or seniors in high school, so I, I, I hope you guys are getting those lectures about financial aid. And uh, yes, about 55% of students don't actually even know or apply for financial aid due to not enough education or somehow not motivated enough to find and apply for these basically free money, a lot of free money. We have billions and billions of dollars wasted due to how much students are not able to find these grants or scholarships, which is why I wanted to aid in presenting them in front of them and tell them these things are available. I don't want them to go to waste and you guys can surely use the money. Thank you for your time. Chair Wynn, a point of privilege. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you so much for presenting. Um, are there any questions from commissioners? Sure, I have a question. Um, were you looking for like a, do you have like a specific ask? Like, is, are you looking for like money to like fund these like programs or just like making us aware of them? Of course, one thing I wanted to basically ask for is that. Can you speak into the mic, please? Oh, of course. Thank you. The mic. Uh, one thing I wanted to specifically ask was that if I, if you guys could introduce me to some individuals, like basically high schools specifically, that can go in and present these opportunities in front of the youth directly. Because usually with just either sending these jobs or, or anything like that, you don't tend to really apply or are encouraged to apply. They need someone there physically to to basically tell them this is what we have, this is what you can do, and and by having that presence, it really sticks to their minds more clearly, as well as just basically, yeah, they'll have the more motivation to apply, especially when someone is explaining it without ha having to do it yourself. 
So, yeah, the general ask is that if you guys could connect me with someone like, I, I believe I spoke with Alondria about connecting with someone in US, UESF in regards to connecting with some high schools who allow me to present these opportunities to. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, and hopefully staff or our like communications officers can help get you connected because I know like a lot of youth are looking for like summer opportunities and stuff right now. So this is really great presentation. Thank you. Commissioner Adair. Um, thank you so much for your time. And I think that, yeah, um, aiding in the fight against climate change and supporting efforts to employ youth are great goals. But would you mind elaborating more about the specific types of, um, you know, jobs and opportunities? Because um, I think the, the presentation talked a lot about, you know, adding them, but I think it would be good to get more information before we feel confident about, like, how we're going to engage in outreach about the specifics of the jobs opportunities themselves. Absolutely. A lot of these jobs contain hand-to-hand -hand personal physical experience. Basically, you can think of it as providing vocational experience to youth. They can go out and physically learn about energy and water saving measures, basically aerators or light bulbs or anything that needs for home improvement, learning stuff like that, energy, the specifics of learning about climate change as well and getting that education as well as, I mean, if I could give you a specific, as I've said before, like an energy specialist, there are opportunities in their description entails. They go into people's homes physically remove anything that is not energy efficient and replace it with measures that are energy efficient. Not only it will reduce environmental harm as well as re reduce costs for the household itself. It's also free for the, for the client as well. It's a service that youth will be paid for, but as well provide a free service to, to clients as well. Great, thanks. Are there any other questions? If not, um, I want to thank you for your time today and for coming and speaking to us. Um, like Commissioner Miller said earlier, if you have like specific flyers or like specific opportunities that you'd want us to promote on our Instagram, um, feel free to forward them to us and we'll get those up there. Oh yes, I did believe I sent you guys the presentation I wanted to give to high school students. So all their descriptions, how much they get paid for is on there as well. Mm -hmm. I believe I send it to Alondra, Alondra as well. So. No, um, I'll forward that to you after the meeting. Okay. Is, is it this presentation or is it no, separate? No, this presentation was just catered for you. It was basically okay. a summarization. Okay. But the actual presentation, I've sent it so you guys can have a deeper description if you'd like to dig for it. So you want us to, like, put it in a link and, like, spread that link? Or do you want us to, like... Uh, you can take a screenshot because everything's there already. So it's like just take a screenshot and you can. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll look into it and email you if we have any questions. But yeah, thank you again for your time. Um, I know you're also working on the resolution about the Biden program. Yeah. Um, not sure if you wanted to talk about that, but sure. Could... The resolution that I I basically created. I'm sorry if I cut you off. What? Did sorry. I cut you off? No. 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 Okay. Or, or you could also like share it with us later, um, and we could look into it because I know it's not on the agenda for today. But if you, up to you. 
Okay, I could explain what I what I wanted to do with the resolution. Okay, with the resolution, basically, I was surprised that President Biden went against his word in regards to basically opening new oil refineries, especially in area in Alaska. And uh, in his campaign, he promised to not open new new any any new oil refineries, especially to how much harm they do to to the environment, especially to how much waste they create and the devastating effects they have on the environment itself, especially the, the, the greatest spill accident that people dubbed was had happened in near New Mexico's coast and it created devastating effects on the environment, such as killing a bunch of fish, killing a bunch of animals, the surrounding area, especially polluting water, which is why I thought that President Biden did an exorbitant, horrible job in regards to not keeping to that promise, which is why I wanted to create a resolution to urge President Biden in receding his approval for the Willow Project, which I know will create much more devastating effects that he might tend to realize, especially to air, environmental effects, animals, and to native indigenous groups that would be in the surrounding area as well. Great. Um, yeah, if, I, I think staff sent us the resolution a while back, so we'll definitely share that with commissioners and look into it. But thank you so much for your work on this important matter. Yeah, I would just, I don't know if all commissioners were sent it, but if not, we can, we can, we can spread it. Yeah. That. Yeah, we, um, staff can share it with everyone. It was only shared with the chair and vice chair. Yeah. And I think it will, I don't know, it might be referred to the commission as well, and that we can give our support. Or we'll do a letter. No, sorry. Wait, can I ask a question, Doctor? Yes. Do you know when um, Supervisor Ronan's going to introduce the resolution? Uh, the one thing I'm currently working on is trying to get another supervisor to sponsor the resolution because. Supervisor Ronan's quite busy at the moment, so she doesn't have to. She doesn't have the time to introduce it herself. But right now, I'm trying to look for another office who's able to sponsor it. Oh, sorry to clarify what I was saying. I think we were discussing doing a letter of support. Um, so if you can keep us updated with that timeline, we can see if we can support. Of course. Great. Well, thank you so much. Um, we'll be sure to connect later, but yeah. Sounds good. Thank you. Okay. Um, before we move on to the next agenda item, um, I was thinking we could take a break, but we could take public comment first. Um, Can I propose us to take a recess after we do the letter of support? Because I think it'll go by quickly. Does it really matter? Why don't we just take a break now? First, we need to do public comment. Okay, wait. What do what do other people think? Do we want to do a recess now? Just who wants see to do the chair? Oh, first, you have to do public comment. Okay, okay. Is there any public comment on this item of the agenda? If members of the public would like to speak, please raise your hand or line up behind the podium. Chair, you have no public comment. Um, I think we should just. Do a recess now. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we can we can break for ten minutes. Do we have to motion? No. 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 We've never done that. Okay. So let's just we go. I call a recess for ten minutes. Um, if everyone could come back at six forty-seven, that would be great. I was reviewing. For the break is over. Um. <laughs> 
crush. That's actually funny you said that because I thought you were reading. I think yours was probably on the top. Because the strict one. Okay. Um. So I call this meeting back to order at six forty-eight p.m. Clerk, can you please call item number eight? Um, item number eight is letter of support, eight human rights commission budget ask, B Latino task force budget ask, C SB uh, 472, subject people health of opioid overdose reversal medication, and then D AB 912, subject uh, strategic anti-violence funding efforts act. Great. Um, so I'll pass it off to Commissioner Colleen to talk about the Human Rights Commission budget list. Thank you. Do I have to read the letter out loud? No? No, we all have it. Um, I want to highlight that Commissioner Shaw helped write the Human Rights Commission budget ask and the Latino um, Task Force budget ask, so thank you. Um, so the Human Rights Commission is just asking, um, wait, let me restart. A few weeks ago, or maybe months, we heard from the Human Rights Commission on their budget ask and all the support that they're giving youth. And we wanted to um, support the $15 million that they're asking for the next two years from the city um, because we think that the work they're doing is very crucial for youth. Um, they have a lot of programs that are supporting them and their education and future. Um, is there anything you want to add? Awesome. Okay, yes. Um, so we're just hoping that the Youth Commission will um, support the Human Rights Commission's budget. Great. Um, so commissioners can take this time to review the letter if you have it, um, and if there are any questions for Commissioner Colleen. Um, give people like two minutes. To read the letter. The first one. Are we reading the And we're hoping to pass this on the first reading. Okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> so if there are any questions. Okay. Um, so, if there are no questions, thank you, Commissioner Colleen and Commissioner Shaw, for working on this letter. Um, are there any motions on the table? Can I motion that? Motion to support this letter for the Human Rights Commission budget ask. Second, Commissioner Shaw. Commissioner Colleen motions to approve this letter, seconded by Commissioner Shaw. Um, is there any discussion on this motion? Oh, I have something to add. Okay. Um, I, there was some grammatical errors, so I changed them in the original document. Is that okay? Okay, awesome. Well, the, for the Latino task force? No, for the Human Rights Commission. Oh. It was just um, um, Commissioner Wynn's last name. Okay. Um, if there's no further discussion, is there any public comment? You don't have any public comment. Great. Um, so we'll be taking a voice vote on this letter. Yeah. All those in favor of approving, please say aye. 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 All those opposed, say nay. Great. Um, so congrats on passing this letter, and thank you again for your work on this. Next, we'll move to the Latino Task Force letter, if you guys could give some more context as well. 
Yes. Um, a few weeks ago, the Transformative Justice Committee heard from the Latino Task Force um, and their budget request. Um, they're requesting for $6 million for the next two years, and this is to support a variety of programs that they have, including housing for transitional-aged youth and marginalized youth. Um, they have a lot of services um, and education and child care and employment and housing opportunities. Um, and they've helped a lot of people in the past two years, especially during COVID. Um, so we, we want to support um, all the work that they've done and um, advocate for the budget that they need to continue providing um, these resources um, for the people most in need in our city. Great, thank you. Are there any questions on this letter? Um, yes. I had a question. Like, is, it, is the request from like a specific like city department like DCYF or it's just kind of like a general ask to the city? Um, it's a general ask from the city. I see. Okay. And yes, actually, there's a budget breakdown. So they're asking um, for six million. Um, I don't know the amounts, but it's coming from DCYF, HSA, um, OEW, Office of. Wait, I have it here. Yeah. Can you? Yeah. Um. Yes, two million from OEWD. I'm not sure what that stands for. Office of Economic and Workforce Development. Um, 1.5 million from DCYF. Uh, 500,000 from MOHCD. Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development. One million from DPH and one million from HSA. So six million total. I see. And like, are these programs like it's to continue like existing programs that they have? Yes. Okay. Great. Yes, um, to, to, to clarify too, so um, Latino Task Force historically has been uh, like a COVID command, um, but they've transitioned to more of like resource hub um, for, for youth and for the community. And so they're losing their COVID funding from the federal and state and transitioning more to, to local funding. Just okay, that makes clarification. sense. So can I ask on top of that, would that mean that ultimately this is a reduction in their funding? Or six million covering what they were getting from the state and the federal government. That's what they would get, right? Yeah, I think there will be some reduction to their services. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I was just thinking that it, it probably should be reduced because it's coming out of COVID. Yeah. Into resource, like that should, in theory, cost less. But yeah. Yeah, but they're still doing like um, like vaccine drives, like for flu and, and cold. Um, but there is going to be a reduction. Thank you. Okay. Are there any further questions? Um, if not, uh, I I know we can, um, or I was informed that we could pass all of the letters on one motion. So if you just want to talk about the other ones too. Yeah, I can do that. All right. The next one is SB 472. All right. SB 472 is a letter of support on a SB um legislation on opioid overdose reversal medication um, and this was brought by three senators um, which you can read in the letter um, but basically this means that um, Nar Narcan and or Naloxone is uh, must be provided to schools all in California um, and to like support overdoses and um, more information will be given about um, what opiate overdoses look like, look like and how to provide naloxone. Um, so this is kind of uh, an add-on of my resolution and my BPP. 
Awesome. Do you want to talk about the next one as well? Yes. Oh, it yes. Should, if I have discussion, should I ask? Yeah, go ahead. Now? Okay. Um, great. So do you know, I, I'm reading the letter and it says that they would have the authorization and if they didn't use like their power to like distribute it, they would have to like report to the Department yeah. of Education. Is the report like, are they just asking them to explain like why they're not? I believe so, but I'm not 100% sure. I, I see. Okay. And like, do you know, like, is, is the state of California going to pay for the naloxone that the schools are going to distribute? The state, any, I think yes, because the state, any time that, yeah, any time the state passes legislation that forces districts to do stuff that costs money, it has to be reimbursed by the state. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Okay. Um, the next one is by myself and Commissioner Barker Plummer and Commissioner Pimentel, and it is AB 912, which is Strategic Anti-Violence Funding Efforts Act. And um, this was brought by Assemblymember Joan Sawyer. Um, do you want me to speak or? Yes. Okay. Um, basically, this is a letter just supporting um, the they're closing prisons in California and the money that would be used to uh, fund these prisons are being advocated to be used on other ways, such as like mental health education and um, violence prevention programs. And so we are supporting, we or at least um, the Commissioner Barker Pullman, Commissioner Pimentel, and I um, support this legislation and believe that um, this is where the money should be going. Mm -hmm. Is that one of I mean, I would just say um, this is a critical piece of legislation um, for a lot of gun violence prevention advocates um, because we basically desperately need more funding for violence intervention programs. They've been proven to be very successful, although they are relatively costly. Um, so I think this is a good investment to make when it comes to um, what we should spend money on now that we are closing down these prisons. Yeah, and there's a breakdown of where the money would be would go to um, on page two or three of the letter of support. Um, yeah. Any questions? I have a clarifying question regarding the motion. So we're motioning all uh, B, C, and D together. Is that correct? Um, I know that in the supporting documents that were sent out to commissioners, it included a letter of support for AB 1497. Is that going to be like next time? Okay. Oh, that was mine. Yeah. Yeah. So next yeah, I didn't make it to the schedule. Okay. Yeah, that was my mistake because um, there still needs some language in that. Needs to be changed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It says. To be made. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any. Just to double check with you, Commissioner Colleen, are there any um, amendments that need to be made to any of them as a part of the motion? Oh, the four that we have? Well, the three that we have, because we passed the first one. Oh, okay, yeah, that's true. Um, the three is just, again, um, Commissioner Wynn's last name correction, and I think that's it. It's for all of them. For all of them. <laughs> yes. Okay, are there any questions on any of them? Um, if not, is there a motion? I motion to support or yeah, to support all three letters of support. Seconded. Um, Commissioner Wynn motion, um, Commissioner Colleen motions to support all three letters seconded by Commissioner Wynn. Um, is there any discussion on this motion? 
Seeing none, is there any public comment? If members of the public would like to speak, plus please press star three, come behind the podium. And Chair, you have no public comment. Great, thank you. Um, if there's no public comment, we'll be taking a voice vote. All those in favor of these three letters, please say aye. Aye. All those opposed say nay. Great, congrats. Um, thank you so much, Commissioners Colleen, Shaw, and Barker Plummer for your work on these letters. Um, we can now move on to the next item of the agenda. Can you please call item number nine? Item number nine is trainings, public comment presented by Joy Zan, the Youth Development Specialist. Thank you, Joy. Hello, Commissioners. It's been a while since you all have received a training. Um, so today we will be doing a training on public comment because um, the next step in your budget and policy priorities um, for the next few months is advocacy. And um, because uh, you all already presented to the Budget and Appropriations Committee and you all will be meeting with your supervisors, I think it's very crucial that coming up when they talk about items of interest that the Youth Commission supports or do not support, or you all are equipped with the skills to provide public comment on behalf of the Commission to further your advocacy for the community and for the youth of San Francisco. Um, so first things first, who has done public comment before. Great, that was great. Um, second, um, do y'all know why it's important to do public comment? Because it gives um, people from all walks of life opportunities to interact with their government. Yes, that is one of the many reasons. And in addition, like you are all representing the communities that you're coming from. You, can, you are speaking on behalf of your fellow peers, youth, and students. So I have a few points. Feel free to look over this recording later or um, just take notes. So first things first is minding your posture because all... <laughs> Okay. I'm sorry. You have so much control of the room. <laughs> I'm gonna do my best. <laughs> And second, it's very much like bring your own notes um, on paper so you're not looking at your phones preferably. Um, so as you all know, when you provide public comment um, at the Board of Supervisors or at any committee, it will be live streamed. And we, while we like to screenshot uh, y'all so we can put it on the Youth Commission Hall of Fame, it's also uh, to, you know, um, make yourself look presentable. Second, uh, I mean third, generally you have two minutes for your public comment. Sometimes it's one minute or 1.5 minutes depending on, on how long the item is. And four, um, brainstorm a list that, of points that you wish to make. 
If you are representing a group like you are all here for the Youth Commission, ask um, your fellow commissioners for ideas or add their points to a list. Oftentimes, you, are, you already discuss the item in the commission, so take your notes from there. So here's a list of things that you should include. Your name, who you represent. If you're speaking on behalf of yourself, say that. So for example, my name is Joy, and I am currently a Youth Commission staff. Um, state the issue or legislation of your interest. Generally, you are there because there's an item on the Board of Supervisors that you are interested in or the commission has taken interest in. So um, say whether or not the commission supports or do not support that legislation. Um, what you want or don't want the hearing body to do, one or two sentences, address the full body, do not target one legislator, because um, like Clerk Calvillo will generally remind the public, you're addressing the full body, you're not uh, targeting one person. Um, next, cite specific measurable impacts and or data. You are all very data driven, so I think you all are very much um, got that down, and try to avoid any hearsay statements. So just because you heard it from um, someone, does try to just make your I statements rat, or on behalf of the commission rather than I heard it from this one person. And provide evidence for why the hearing body should make a particular decision and relate the evidence directly to the decision-making criteria. So any questions about the points so far before I provide an example? Okay, so the example is um, the most effective ones are usually short to the point within the two minutes. So my name is Joy Zan and I am a San Francisco Youth Commission staff. Today I'm speaking on behalf of our commissioners to urge the Board of Supervisors to make free muni for all youth permanent. Since public schools stopped providing in school buses for all uh, students, many of them, especially low-income students with working in parents, heavily rely on public transportation to get to and from school, after school activities, and simply throughout San Francisco. In an SFMTA survey since passing free muni for youth, X amount of students take public transit every day, and X percent of those youth are considered low-income. As a former SFUSD student, I remember how beneficial it was to have this transportation cost cut from my parents' monthly expenses. Transportation shouldn't be a barrier for students trying to get an education. Thus, um, the Youth Commission urged the Board of Supervisors to support making free muni for all youth permanent and accessible to all San Francisco youth. Thank you. So that is an example. Um, and I will be picking five of you from a cup to do a public comment real quick on an issue that you all, all have probably worked on or like BPPs. And I'm going to keep it simple, free muni for all youth. Is this correct? Yeah. Can I mention something? On the spot. Um, so one thing that we like to do is take screenshots of y'all when y'all do public comment. And one thing is um, y'all don't like take a moment to like breathe, but also for the opportunity for us to take a screenshot. Um, because that was some difficult 
doing during the budget presentation. So like take a moment, like if you see the camera, take a moment to just like look at it and then do your public comment. Um, no, 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 because it's just so hard to get like a still photo from the recordings. So please just do that for us staff because we want to post y'all on the wall and on social media. And for y'all's own record too, you know, your LinkedIn's and like Instagram and stuff and like what y'all are doing. So that's like my like plea is like, please take a moment. But yeah, thanks. So I've picked five names and I'm gonna give y'all like one or two minutes to prep. So I'm gonna say all five names in one go. So first things first, um, Commissioner Im. Um. <laughs> Commissioner Terrell. Commissioner Pimentel. Commissioner Wong. Commissioner Anish. So I have a question. Are you going to be doing this at every single youth commission? Would you like to? I think we should. Yeah, I think we should. This is kind of fun. This is stressful. Drawing names for much. This is stressful. A little bit of improv. This, this is how we're going to do regular <laughs> youth commission videos from now on. It's like those popsicle sticks. Do you remember in kindergarten? That's really stressful. Yep. So, um, yeah, I'm start calling on you like that. A timer for two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to try to do a training at every um, yeah. like meeting. Yay. Oh, two minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so who's going first? Okay, two minutes, right? I would suggest coming up to the podium since you will not be sitting at the dais. <laughs> you can have your <laughs> If I called your name, please sit here. <laughs> they're, they're working on their writing, right? Yeah, um, two minutes for you all to prep. Thank you. I learned a lot. Thank you. Did you know only one city provides tips on how to do public comment? Where really? that? Mm. It, it was like some city in Washington State. Mm. Go Washington State. Mm. Not That's nice. maybe something public works to do. California will like best California. <laughs> you know, some states have really bad like public meeting laws. Like I was looking up like when on spring break I was in Louisiana and I'm like looking it up and like Well have you have you met who's running Louisiana? Like I haven't. I don't know who it is. I don't know who it is. I'm looking at the camera. Okay. That's nice. I was in Atlanta and I learned that they have a Republican mayor. That's a good Twitter. Just remember we're still recording. I would I wish for those tweets. Like Oh, it's a lovely. I, San Francisco Republican Party. I'm just saying hi right now. Come for me. Um, um, we are. This is a public meeting. <laughs> and they were the main advocates against what's Against what? Yeah, no surprise. What's the guy's name? Okay. Richard <laughs> Commissioners Anish and Pimentel, would you like to join? Once you, you can finish yet. Well, after my two minutes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, you've got this. <laughs> <laughs> like writing bullet points. Where should I go? What are you doing public comment on? 
I don't know. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, that's time is up. Well, time is up. Where's time is a public comment? First, beep, beep. Commissioner in? What? Do you want me to do it? Yeah. I know. I know. Do you think too many or one and a half? Was it whichever you guys prefer? Let me just share it again. Like, oh, okay. we'll drive. Okay. I shared it. Do you want to do the... Let me try to get an email. Commissioner M, it's your turn to public comment. Thank you. My name is Yana M. I am a mayoral appointee on the San Francisco Youth Commission, and I'm speaking on behalf of myself to and the Youth Commission to support the board to urge them to restart the Safer Schools Task Force in light of a lot of the sexual violence and sexual assault that has been reported in SFUSD schools that have gone either un, uh, uninvestigated or just not really been addressed by their administration and the district as a whole in light of protecting our students and our children, which should be the forefront of society to be able to protect them as adults in the room. I think it is extremely important that you all as elected leaders of this city to stand up for the safety of the students and have adequate youth voice in the task force as well to be able for students and um, youth in San Francisco to represent themselves and speak on behalf of what they want to see. And I think that this is a really great opportunity for you all to show that you are standing in solidarity with survivors that have come out of this system, um, being traumatized through the school system, and this is the least that can be done to go to provide some kind of justice for people who have been wronged. Thank you. Thank you. That was a really great public comment. Next, Commissioner Terrell. Uh, hello, commissioners. My name is Reese Terrell, and I strongly support free muni for all youth. I represent District 3 of the Youth Commission, and I am speaking on the behalf of myself and the Youth Commission. I think it is very important for all students to have free muni transportation so they can get to their schools and perform well during classes. Thank you. Next is Commissioner Wong. Um, hi, my name is Chloe Wong, and I represent District 1 on the San Francisco Youth Commission. Um, I'm here today to voice my support in opening an additional transitional-aged youth navigation center, other than the one that's currently residing on 700 Hyde Street. Um, this navigation center would be just like 700 Hyde Street, and it would um, primarily serve youth on the other side of the city. Um, I think that this is important to ensure that, you know, people all across the city um, are able to have, you know, adequate access to the necessary services that navigation centers provide. And um, it would be great if everybody here as well would be um, fully in support of this as well. Thank you. Thank you. Next is Commissioner Pimentel. Um. Okay, thank you. Hi, my name is Vanessa Pimentel, and I am the current District 10 Youth Commissioner, and I am here to support a free muni to all youth. 
Public transportation is crucial to how many youths, families, and seniors get around the city. The lacking public transit system is deeply intertwined with several issues, namely wealth inequality, labor justice, racial justice, climate justice, and increased surveillance. Accessible transit is essential to providing us access to our jobs, to our basic needs, and to our communities, and with high rising costs of living in San Francisco, um, Muni operators are not paid enough to live where they work. We demand free transit transit that meets the needs of riders well, well enough to desensitize the use of cars. So I am here to urge the Board of Supervisors to support free Muni for all youth. Okay. Thank you, Commissioner Pimentel. Last, Commissioner Anish. Okay. Hi, my name is Anna Nish. I am the current District 7 Youth Commissioner, and I'm here on behalf of myself and on behalf of the Youth Commission. Today, I'm going to be talking about my support of Free Muni for Youth. And I would like to first start by saying that Free Muni for Youth not only affects education and transportation, but also touches on things like racism, wealth inequality, um, redlining all in the city of San Francisco, and it's affecting who we are here today. As a youth myself, I grew, I grew up riding the bus. And as also an immigrant, there was always a money constraint. Holding these two identities, I've also known that education plays a huge role in my life. And without Free Muni for Youth, I would not have been able to access both education, transportation, and be financially stable in my household. I would like to advocate this for other youth who may also go through the same experiences as myself. I know I'm not the only immigrant. I'm not, I know I'm not the only one struggling financially. And I know there's others out there who may need their voice to be heard. And so I'm here to support Free Muni for Youth for them, for myself, and also for the Youth Commission. Thank you. Thank you to all the commissioners who were randomly picked and definitely gave really powerful public comments. I am looking forward to hearing more of your public comment when you all go speak to the Board of Supervisors. Um, That's how it goes. <laughs> Chair Wynn, that concludes my training. And if anyone wants like further training on anything else, just let me know and I'll put something together for you all. Great. Thank you so much, Joy, for this training. Um, is there any public comment on this item of the agenda? Chairwin, there is no public comment. Great. Um, public comment is now closed. Can you please call item number 10? Item number 10 is resolutions and motions, A, gun violence uh, restraining orders, public awareness, and then B, motion declaring uh, solidarity and support for LGBTQ plus student walkout. Okay. Um, so starting off with the first resolution on gun violence restraining orders, I'll pass it off to Commissioner Barker Plummer, Commissioner Colleen, and Commissioner Shaw to give a little bit more context. <laughs> Take your time. Oh, there we are. Well, yeah, thanks. Um, thank you, Chair Wynn, and thank you, Commissioners, for being here. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's late. Um, um, so I wrote this resolution first. Um, uh, a couple weeks ago, um, following, there was a, I don't know if it's considered a shooting, there was a, um, a, a man walked into a Jewish synagogue in the outer Richmond and um, fired blanks. 
in uh, a hate crime. Um, and uh, following that, there was a news story covering this issue. And what this reporter was essentially getting at was that um, the people in this man's life who had committed this act had repeatedly felt like he should not have access to firearms of any kind, that that was a danger both to others and to himself, um, that he was not in a mentally stable um, place to, to have access to weapons. Um, and through that, he was saying, San Francisco really needs to step up when it comes to gun violence restraining orders. Um, here in California, you can request that someone you know, it's pretty broad here in California, someone you know, it can be um, a loved one uh, recently updated to be that school administrators can request gun violence restraining orders for students. Um, and the resolution goes into more detail as to who can request these. But um, it is one of the most sure proven ways that we can reduce gun violence in our communities. And it is a pretty um, bipartisan thing to do as well. There's broad support for gun violence restraining orders. Unfortunately, there is not um, broad awareness of them, and that is a disservice to the public. So my hope is that the Youth Commission can take a stance in improving um, awareness of this, especially to young people and to school officials, where too often we see gun violence occurring. Um, and I want to thank Commissioners Colleen and Shaw um, for helping me um, kind of get the version that is before you here today the Transformative Justice Committee, which met last a week from today um, on this issue and, and gave some constructive feedback. Um, yeah, and I think I will, I will note that there's another resolution being written that we are going to discuss whether or not this will be incorporated into. But I wanted to get a first reading um, to get everyone's feedback and to um, get it on the record as well. So um, do, you want, do you want to just go like this? Yeah. Okay. Gun violence restraining orders public awareness. Resolution urging the city and county of San Francisco to improve and expand public awareness of gun violence restraining orders, particularly to middle school students, high school students, higher education students, educators, school administrators, and other school staff. Whereas gun violence is a national crisis in the United States that disproportionately impacts youth and transitional age youth, and... Whereas gun violence is the leading cause of death for children and teens in the United States, and... Whereas communities of color are disproportionately impacted by gun violence, with black Americans experiencing 10 times the gun homicides, 18, the, uh, 18 times the gun assault injuries, and nearly three times the fatal police shootings as white Americans, and... Whereas black youth are four times more likely to be killed from gun violence than white youth, and... Whereas following the Isla Vista terror killings in 2014, when a college student killed six people and wounded 13 others near the University of California, Santa Barbara campus, California enacted Assembly Bill 1014, which was the first gun violence restraining order law or red flag law in the nation, and... Whereas Assembly Bill 1014 authorized law enforcement officers to file a petition and allowed courts to issue a GVRO. When a court deems reasonable cause to believe that an individual poses an immediate and present danger of causing personal injury to themselves or another by having in their possession a firearm and or ammunition. And. Whereas, since Assembly Bill 1014 was first enacted, it has been amended multiple times to strengthen and expand the program. And. Okay. And whereas the current California law allows one, an immediate family member, two, an employer, three, a coworker, if they have had a substantial regular interactions with the individual for at least one year and have obtained the approval of the employer, 
or an employer, an employee or teacher of a school that the subject has attended in the last six months if they have obtained the approval of a school administrator or a school administrator staff member with a supervisory role and or five, a law enforcement officer to petition for a GVR to be issued and Whereas current California law also allows a court to issue ex parte GVROs and emergency GVROs before a notice and hearing in the case that the court finds there is a substantial likelihood that the individual poses a significant danger to themselves or others in the near future and. Whereas Assembly Bill 1014 has been proven to be effective, yet public awareness of GVROs and their effectiveness remains low and. Whereas a survey conducted in 2020 by the University of California Firearm Violence Research Center reported that approximately 65% of California respondents were not aware of GVROs, G, GVROs nor of red flag laws and. Whereas the aforementioned survey also reported approximately 71% of California residents who live with a firearm owner or owners were not aware of GVROs nor of the red flag law and. Whereas the aforementioned survey also reported that the main reason someone would not pursue a GVRO from a judge was that they did not know enough about GVROs and. Whereas the is it the San Diego? San Diego. Oh, whereas San, the San Diego Office of the City Attorney has championed the use of GVROs through the creation of a specific team dedicated to processing and pursuing GVRO requests and working with local police to implement these orders and. Whereas in July 2022, the San Francisco Office of the City, the San Diego Office of the City Attorney was awarded a $1 million grant from the California Governor's Office of Emergency Services to train and educate city attorney offices and law enforcement groups in California on how to utilize GVROs and. Whereas a key component of any effective strategy to keep schools safe from gun violence is schools sharing information on gun violence prevention programs slash strategies like GVROs and therefore be it. Resolve that the San Francisco Youth Commission urges the city and county San Francisco to improve and expand public awareness of gun violence restraining orders, particularly for middle school students, high school students, higher education students, educators, and school administrators, and other school staff. And be it further resolved that the San Francisco Youth Commission urges both the city and county of San Francisco and the San Francisco Unified School District to work together to improve and expand public awareness of gun violence restraining orders for San Francisco Unified School District students, families, and staff, and be it. Further resolved that the San Francisco Youth Commission urges the Office of the City Attorney and Police Department to create a team dedicated to processing and pursuing gun violence restraining orders requests from members of the public, and be it. Further resolved that the San Francisco Youth Commission staff are directed to transmit copies of this resolution to the Office of the Mayor, Board of Supervisors, San Francisco Unified School District, Board of Education, Office of the City Attorney, and Police Commission. That is it. Great. Thank you guys so much for your work on this resolution. Are there any questions? Or input? Um, I have a question. So I was wondering, would we be able to be awarded that grant from the offices office of emergency services potentially to work on something similar like San Diego from the state you mean yeah yeah um, I'm not sure that's something to be looked into I it would at least be a new grant like round um, because this was like from the last fiscal year but I would definitely look into that and see if that's still there and available and if so I think it would make sense to urge the city to um, apply for that grant yeah, I think the only piece of input I have is just um, including that, like in one of the resolved clauses, just like we urge the city to seek out funding to implement and create these services. Um, 
because it ties back to your point earlier. But other than that, I think it looks good. Also, maybe like adding a definition of what um, a gun violence restraining order is, like before you start talking about it, just to make it more clear. But other than that, really great resolution. Thank you. Awesome. Any other questions or thoughts? No. Awesome. Oh, yeah, go ahead. oh I, I agree with everything that Chair Wynn said, and I, I think overall this is um, a great resolution and a very important issue. I had, it wasn't necessarily like a recommendation, just kind of a question. Are there, mm -hmm. other, are there any other places other than San Diego that have done a good job at addressing this, or that would be like a model for San Francisco? Yeah, I mean, San Diego, both because it's in California and because it really has just been the best one to do this, is the model. Um, but other other counties and cities have implemented um, sort of these these practices. A lot of it was based. Uh, San Diego was the first one to do it, and that's the model. Um, but there are definitely other entities that have that have implemented this as well. Okay, I think that would be. I think it's great that it's focused on San Diego. That's important, especially since it seems like the best model. Um, but I also think maybe just like one clause state, stating like the other cities, just to strengthen the resolution and show that this is something that other cities have deemed very important too. Also a follow-up question. Um, do you guys have any data from like how many people in San Diego used these services? There are numbers. I'm not sure if they're, well, I mean, that is data. I don't know if there's like percentage of population or something like that, but there are numbers cited in the I think it's from Cal Matters, I want to say. Um, sorry, one second. Let me find where I where I cited the. Yeah. Um, so uh, footnote ten. There's data in there that if you think we should include, do you think that would be? Is it data about how many people use uh, have used the? Yeah, and, I, and I, if I remember correctly, it's been a little bit since I read it, but um, it. Also, basically, said that there was a there was an increase over time in people utilizing the program as well. Mm, yeah, I I think that would be helpful after footnote eleven, um, just to like strengthen the bit about how San Diego has had a successful program, because if it's there, might as well add it. But, mm -hmm. um, does anyone else have any questions or input? If not, um. Thank you guys so much for working on this resolution. It's really important. You weren't planning on passing it on a first. Okay. No, just awesome. Other feedback. Okay. Um, are there any motions on the table? Oh, wait. Actually, we're not motioning. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, if you guys could implement the edits we talked about, and if you need any support, I'd be happy to co-sponsor as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm open to anyone co-sponsoring this. I would be happy to support any additional research or anything. Thank you. Uh, I have adding down. Can we go two for two? Okay. <laughs> uh, you can also let me know later if you'd be interested in co-sponsoring. Oh, awesome. Okay. Um, well, thank you guys for your work on this again. Looks like we can move on to the next item on the agenda. Where's my agenda? Um, okay. The next resolution is the motion to declare solidarity and support for the LGBTQ plus walkout. Um, there was one in San Francisco and it's also happening nationwide and I'll pass it off to Commissioner Barker Plummer, I believe. Yeah. 
Let me find that. Wait, do you want me to read it with you? Um, oh yeah, why don't we do that? Because, yeah. Um, I'll just say, I'll just introduce this. Um, this past Friday, there was a walkout, I think it was national, like you said, um, against anti-trans legislation on Trans Day of Visibility. And um, before that on, not this past Saturday, but the previous Saturday, which was March uh, 26th, um, there was also a youth-led and youth-planned uh, protest for trans and non-binary youth. Um, I don't know if Commissioner, uh, Commissioner Lestana has anything else to say about that. Um, yeah, and just to like add on a little bit to the march that happened, or yeah, the march that happened on the 25th, um, it was like co-planned by one of the LGBTQ plus task force members, so I just want to highlight that. And oh, um, the non-voting one was Rafer, um, and she also added a bit to this motion as well. So I just wanted to highlight that. No, oh, now I found the gun violence restraining order one. Is it a letter? No, it's a motion. Oh, here we go. Okay, sorry. I think we're going to go back and forth between me and Commissioner Lestana. Uh, motion declaring solidarity and support for youth protesting against anti-LGBTQ legislation. Motion declaring solidarity and support for San Francisco youth protesting against anti-LGBTQ legislation nationwide. Whereas queer youth are being targeted with discriminatory laws and policies across the United States and... Whereas 2023 has seen a record amount of anti... LGBTQ legislation introduced in state legislatures across the nation, with at least 340 pieces of legislation targeting the LGBTQ plus community having been introduced and... Wait. Oh. Whereas in 2022, 315 anti-LGBTQ plus bills were introduced in state legislatures across the United States, with 29 ultimately being signed into law and... Whereas these continued attacks on the rights and well-being of, of queer people disproportionately target queer people, queer youth, with bills prohibiting schools to discuss queer people on issues and banning transgender youth from participating in extracurricular sports consistent with their gender identities and... Whereas these anti-LGBTQ plus bills have helped propel fear and misunderstanding of LGBTQ plus people, particularly queer youth across the United States and... Whereas on March 25th, 2023, two queer middle school students organized a demonstration titled Youth for Trans Liberation to protest recent anti-trans legislation that would ban gender-affirming health care for youth and... Whereas the goal of the march was to bring together the transgender community in San Francisco to center trans youth voices on anti-trans legislation, as well as to show solidarity with the transgender community in states with anti-trans legislation in effect, and... Whereas a coalition of high school students in San Francisco organized a school walkout in protest of these discriminatory laws and proposed legislation on March 31st, 2023. Whereas the goal of the walkout was to center the voices of queer and trans youth, raising awareness on pressing national issues and creating an empowering space to fully embrace LGBTQ plus identities and celebrate queer joy and therefore be it. Move that the Francisco, that the Youth Commission declares solidarity with and support for San Francisco youth protesting against anti-LGBTQ plus legislation nationwide. Great. Thank you so much, Commissioner Sparker Plummer and Commissioner Lasana, for your work on this motion. Are there any questions, comments? Um 
If not, I just wanted to say that the walkout that happened last week was very impressive. Um, it brought together a lot of people. Also, the speakers were great. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it was great. And I'm happy to see that we're supporting this and the nationwide movement. Um, but are you guys passing this? It's just a motion, so it goes in the first. Okay. Um, is there a motion on the table? I'll move it. Seconded. Um, Commissioner Barger Plummer moves the motion to declare solidarity and support for San Francisco youth protesting against anti-LGBTQ plus legislation nationwide, seconded by Commissioner Utting. Um, is there any discussion on this motion? Oh, sorry. I, th I thought I called public comment. Um, seeing none, is there any public comment? Uh, Chair, you have no public comment. Great, public comment is now closed. We'll be moving into a voice vote. All those in favor of supporting this motion, please say aye. Aye. All those opposed, say nay. Great, um, congrats to Commissioner Barker Plummer and Commissioner Listana for passing this motion, and thank you again for working on this important issue. Um, now moving on to the next agenda item. Um, staff, can you please call item number 11? Um, item number 11 is legislation referred, a BOS file number 230326, and then BOS file number 230328. Can I take a point of privilege? Yes. Um, okay, so on to the first piece. <laughs> on to the first piece of legislation um, regarding protecting transgender and lesbian, gay, bisexual, and queer LGBTQ plus youth. Um, I'll pass it off to Youth Commission staff. Yeah, so um, this resolution is being introduced tomorrow and voted on. Um, we've been requested um, to support it as the Youth Commission. Um, so yeah, the resolution is to urge elected representatives, schools, and youth serving institutions in San Francisco to protect transgender um, and L lesbian, gay, bisexual, and queer youth and adults. Um, and gender expression from hate and violence amid national legislative efforts uh, to roll back transgender and LGBTQ plus protections. Um, this resolution is not like an ordinance with you know sufficient like activity and funding and programming, but this could be a, one of the first steps um, to address and help transgender and LGBTQ plus youth. Um, there any questions? Okay. Do you want me to go through the other one really quickly? Yes, please. So the if other you one. Could go through all of them and then. Yeah. Okay. The other one is um, so the board of supervisors has their own resolution supporting uh, California State Bill mm -hmm. number uh, AB nine one two, which is the Safe Act, authored by Assemblymember Reggie Jones Sawyer. Um, we were also asked to support this. Oh, yeah, that's why um, Yaslin, or Commissioner Colleen, wrote the um, letter in support of the bill, but this is separate. This is legislation referred, so it would just be a simple, we support this. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, because we're not talking about that. Yeah, 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 it's right down. Um, are there any motions on the table? I motion to approve both legislation um, that the Youth Commission supports. Commissioner Shaw, second. 
Great. Um, Commissioner Colleen motions to support both pieces of legislation, seconded by Commissioner Shaw. Is there any discussion on this motion? Seeing none, is there any public comment? Chair, you have no public comment. Great. Um, so with that motion, we'll be moving into a voice vote. All those in favor of supporting these two pieces of legislation, please say aye. Aye. All those opposed say nay. Great. So um, both files have passed. Um, now, since we have tabled item 11C, um, can you please, or is there any public comment on this item of the agenda? Uh, there's no public comment. Okay. Um, can you please call item number 12? Item number 12 is committee reports. Okay. Um, starting off with the executive committee, I'll pass it off to Commissioner Shaw. <laughs> Excuse me, that's okay. Um, so uh, for LAO, uh, quick report, um, not much. Uh, BOS didn't meet last week, so we have no new legislation referred. Um, as far as why series related, um, it's exciting. We just um, heard a new resolution, passed the motion, and we have four letters of support, so it's really cool to see these commission in motion. Um, and just a reminder just to continue to reach out for LAO for resolution support. Um, I don't have my uh, partner here, so I hope I covered it all. Um, yeah, that concludes our report. Uh, are there any questions for Commissioner Shaw? Um, I had a question. I know, like, in one of our last exec meetings, we briefly talked about, like, following up with commissioners who've already passed pieces of legislation to see if they want to, like, pursue further advocacy with either, like, SF district supervisor offices or, like, state offices. So I was wondering if you guys have had any, like, further conversations about pushing forward those pieces of legislation. No, uh, thank you for bringing that up, uh, Chair Wynn. Um, that's something, it slipped my mind personally, and I'm going to talk with Commissioner Hum on working on that. So thank you for bringing that to the forefront. I'll put that um, to work on by the time we meet um, between the LAOs. So thank you for bringing Great. That. Awesome. Thank you so much for working on that. Um, and then moving on to, uh, um, sorry, officers Listana and Utting. Um, yeah, so our updates are that we've like reached out to SFUSD teachers for the presentations um, and also that we want, like we sent out the flyers for the budget town hall as well as like an Instagram post for it and um, as well as our like application flyer. Um, and I just want to like note that please reshare the application and budget stuff just because we want as many people to sign up for the budget town hall as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and also so we can get like applicants from all over SF um, to apply to the commission. Um, yeah, so if you like see any of our posts, just make sure to reshare it. Um, I think that's our updates. I don't really have anything else. Yeah, um, thank you for sharing those. I will say Commissioner Loftus is doing our takeover this week, so stay tuned and we look forward to seeing what you have. I saw. Yeah, she started it. I have um, a few more planned for this evening. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> um, I'll talk about that during mine. Okay, um, and then also we'll just have some more posts coming out about recapping our budget presentation with more official photos uh, screenshotted from the presentation and um, additional photos that have been taken this week. I'm already forgetting what we did, but yeah. Great.
Thank you. Um, also, yes, ditto to that. Please reshare specifically the budget town hall post because that's happening this week and we need to get people to come. So, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so, should I go to general committee? Okay. Yes, please. Yeah, so, um, the executive committee did not meet last week because we were not able to meet quorum. Um, yeah. Uh, we had a work group meeting, though, we did have me, a work, Gabby, we had, and you. And... We did have a work group. Well, yeah, I have to kind of show No, you, Commissioner uh, Shaw did give 72 hours notice. It's just that that wasn't, that wasn't told to the chair of the committee. So that's why I didn't know that there wasn't going to be quorum. Or the chair of the commission. Or the chair of the commission. So um, that's not, I don't think that's on you. No. Um, so we didn't meet, but we did have a task force meeting, which actually kind of let us be maybe a little bit more productive than usual. Um, we basically worked on, um, sorry, uh, we basically worked on um, promoting the town hall and executing a plan for that. And I think also just sort of generally looking forward um, for the Youth Commission application um, and, and what that process is going to look like. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to add, Chairwin? No. Okay. That concludes my report. Okay. Um, thank you, Commissioner Barker Plummer. And then on to um, the HRT committee, Commissioner Nish. Um, so there's nothing to report for HRT. We did not have our weekly scheduled meeting last week due to conflicts. Um, so yeah, that is all. Mm -hmm. um, and then on to CEC, Commissioner Loftus. We had a meeting with the CASC. I forgot what that acronym. CASC. Yes. I forgot what that acronym stands for, but they were very nice. California Association of Student Councils. California. Oh, really? That's what I thought. But I was like, no, that sounds okay. Anyway, the California Student Association Association of Student Councils. Uh, and we talked about any future collaboration between two organizations, and that was um, that was basically it for the meeting. Great, thank you, Commissioner Loftus. Um, but yeah, it was it was a pretty productive meeting. Like they they're very excited to work with the Youth Commission on Vote 16. Um, and then on to TJ, Commissioner Colleen. Yes, um, we met last week. We went through all for letters of support. We met with Commissioner Barker Plummer on his GVRO resolution. Um, and then we checked over the juvenile hall flyer um, for the hearing. And we talked about some legislation that was referred. Yes, that's all. Awesome. Um, thank you so much, Commissioner Colleen. And then on to uh, the LGBTQ plus task force, Commissioner Lestana. Um, we haven't met since last meeting, but we are planning to meet, I think, in two weeks. Awesome. Thank you. And then, um, is there any discussion on any of these reports or questions? If not, is there any public comment? Uh, Chair, you have no public comment. Awesome. Thank you. Um, can you please call item number 13? Um, item number 13 is roll call and introductions. Okay. Um, 
So as a reminder, roll call and introductions is just an opportunity to share resolutions or hearings you're thinking of working on or are working on. Um, also, just like how you've been involved with the Youth Commission in general. This could be just like attending a meeting, watching a meeting, um, attending an event. Um, so yeah, we'll start off with Commissioner Anish. Hi, um, so I don't know why that sounded so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I had 1.5 hours of sleep. So oh, crazy. Yeah. Um, so basically, the last time I did this, I was working on like open spaces and like specifically for youth like recreation. Um, and since then, I've kind of shifted my focus after the human rights uh, commission presentation that we did, just because during it, one of the commissioners had mentioned that like had mentioned basically like the violence that's been happening in like Stonestown and in D7. And so I've been basically doing some more research on the past events of like the few past few weeks. And I guess also how like, I don't know how we can make it safer because the commissioner and talked about how like he didn't feel safe bringing like his kids to the mall because of the recent violence that has been happening there. And so I've just been thinking of ways to, like, I can incorporate that, I guess, into a resolution paper, maybe urging for, like, I don't know, like, what I would urge for, but I want, like, to write a resolution paper on the violence that's happened in D7. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much. Um, Commissioner Atting. Um, So I've been working on... I'm starting the research process for a resolution on paying youth commissioners. And so I have a survey that staff are going to send out to youth commissions that I found. Some of them, most of them are in California, but some of them are across the country that are paid and that receive stipends. And so that survey is going to go out and it's kind of asking questions about how being paid impacts youth commissioners. And I'm thinking because I, I know there are a lot of other youth commissions in San Francisco that aren't being paid. I just want to look into how it specifically impacts youth and maybe ask the city to pay all youth commissioners or start processes to prioritize payment for youth who may not, who not having payment and may be a barrier um, to being on the youth commission. And so um, if anyone's interested in helping out with that, text me. Um, or if anyone wants to look at the, re of, at the survey, before that gets sent out. That would be helpful too, just to get another pair of eyes on it. Um, I'm also working on turning the civic engagement BPP on pre-registration into a resolution, but that won't be finalized until we get a presentation from the Department of Elections in May. Um, and then I'm also going to be collaborating with Commissioner Wong and Im on Commissioner Im's idea about City College and making that a easier process. Um, and Sorry, as a side note, if you want to talk to a CCSF professor, let me know, because a friend of mine's dad is okay. very passionate about the issue. Okay, okay, uh, that would be great. Please connect us. Um, and then, oh, oh, and then I'm going to be turning the results of the civic engagement survey into a report 
that can be sent out to community organizations. If you know anyone that wants access to that report or you think would benefit from it, let me know. And then something's happening with school safety. There will be a school safety hearing. So. Great. Thank you so much, Commissioner Utting. Um, Commissioner Miller? Um, hi. I don't know. I was on spring break, so maybe I haven't been doing a ton, but I know um, our committee and uh, I want to do more. Um, I think we're going to do like maybe like a larger like bike equity related resolution, but I want to write like maybe like quicker, like by the next YC, like something like a just like a letter specifically calling on the MTA to allow um, bicycles to be on Muni Metro because I know that's like I've talked to like more folks like at my school and it, it is like a big barrier and I think we've talked about it in referred legislation before but just to like highlight that issue um, more and then also oh I wanted to well I, I'm thinking about it but um, I would like to get at some point like a presentation from the MTA or something about um, fair enforcement because even though like Muni is like free for youth now um, there's still like issues of like the like fair enforcers or like station agents and stuff and like discrimination against youth or like they're I, I don't know how aware of the policy they are but it's not being like enforced very consistently and I'm also just concerned because you know we also represent um, Tay youth and lately I've been seeing and like through like data they're really targeting specific like neighborhoods or corridors such as the mission district and they like I don't know, um, on YTAB, they like send us this thing like, oh, you know, if they're in the Mission or they're in the Bayview or wherever, they're also in the Presidio. And I'm like, no, they're not. That's not what your data shows. So, yeah. So, so are you calling a hearing today? I, I mean, do I? You need to have specific language for that. So yes, we can revisit that. You need specific language and we can work on figuring or, out which departments as well. It could just be a presentation that we get okay. to ask. Like, I, I, what's the difference? I don't really, like a hearing is when we have BOS, like here. I, I don't, have multiple departments, I think. It's like focusing it's like on one formal. specific issue and it's a deeper dive and it's sort of a, a higher standard for them to meet, I would say. Okay, so um, so basically, like a presentation is just like one department doing the presentation. A hearing is like if there's like multiple entities presenting, then it's like a hearing. So, but it's not necessarily like city departments. Like, if we wanted to have other organizations that like their members have been impacted by fair enforcement or something come, we could potentially. I don't need, I don't know if I need to have a hearing or not. We could talk about it. Yeah, more. we, we don't can have talk to. about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Great. Um, and then Commissioner Hum is not present. Commissioner Adair. <laughs> um, hi, guys. So I guess, um, like, for my, my main area of focus, hopefully, within the next month or two is, you know, continuing to do work on the 70, 78 Hate Street resolution, trying to move forward on that. Um, that's a situation that in some ways has stayed the same over the last couple months since we first became aware of the issue that there's still the roadblock of the church um, opposing the construction. And there's also new challenges, including funding, because Silicon Valley Bank was a, was a key contributor to that nonprofit, and they've gone belly up. So that's something else that we'll have to um, you know, consider dealing with. Um, but I think that you know, a next step for us is definitely um, doing more research, sending those questions as soon as possible. And, I think we might want to consider um, maybe asking Hanizah or someone else from the 
TNDC to come to an HRT meeting. Um, so that's that's where I am right now, hopefully moving forward. Great. Thank you, Commissioner Adair. Um, Commissioner Shaw? Yes. Um, so uh, as I mentioned, LAO work is already reported. Um, this past uh, few weeks, I worked alongside Commissioner Colleen with two layers of support, um, as well as working right now with Commissioner Barker Plummer and Commissioner Colleen with the GVRO resolution. I'm also working with Commissioner Hillman over a gun regulation resolution, which is in the works. Um, yeah, that's basically what I have to report. Thank you. Thank you. Um, oh, and then myself. Um, Mostly, I've been working on planning the budget town hall, especially in the last few days. Um, we've been working on the agenda for that and also reaching out last minute to orgs and departments to come and talk. Um, and also, like Commissioner Miller mentioned earlier, um, we're doing some, well, I started a resolution last term about like bike equity and bike access after Supervisor Preston asked the BLA office um, to do a report on like a public bike share program. Um, as opposed to like a private bike share program or like a combination of both of them. So I looked into that last year and recently I did a little bit more research, but I need to read through the whole BLA report um, and also like possibly including to allow bikes on Muni Metro would be a part of that resolution. Um, but yeah, that's that's going to be a big resolution, a whole project in itself. Um, so I'm hoping to work on that more in the next month when stuff is a little lighter with all like our budget advocacy um also i've been connecting with um different organizations regarding vote 16 people from um, the california association of student councils reached out to me about what vote 16 efforts were looking like in san francisco and how they could help so um, i invited them to the last cec meeting and we just talked about how like right now the youth commission is like um, looking at the language for the charter amendment um, and it's a little bit hard for us to see like how they're going to be involved with us like right now but I think they're really valuable partners um, especially to like connect to the wider Bay Area region um, especially because they're doing a lot of like youth empowerment advocacy that the Youth Commission could also help so we've talked about like potentially like holding a forum with them just about like youth empowerment and youth advocacy because traditionally um, their organization does a lot of work with like um, holding like youth conferences where youth can like talk about their issues and concerns. So I think having a San Francisco based one would be a great idea um, and I've been in collaboration with them about that. But yeah, that's that's still very in the works as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's basically all of it. I'm interested in working on potentially doing a letter of support for the Department of Environment or some of the other departments that have come and presented to us that are more um, HRT focused. But yeah, I think things have been really busy with budget advocacy. And now that they've kind of cooled down, I'm excited to work on the bike stuff and um, possibly the Vote 16 stuff as well. But um, and then lastly, I'll pass it off to Commissioner Loftus. Uh, Commissioner Pimentel and I are working on a resolution based on our life skills, BPP, but uh, narrowing it down to financial literacy. So hopefully research will be easier, which that was a concern with the BPP. Uh, I am running the Instagram this week. I have already posted three times, and then I went onto my Instagram account and liked all those stories, and it did help my ego. <laughs> my next uh, story post is going to be 
an unboxing. Um, I have very, I have many planned for the rest of the week. So um, yeah, that's that's that's. that's this is a good week to do them. Have a lot of new toys. <laughs> um, great. Thank you so much, Commissioner Loftus. I'm looking forward to seeing your Instagram stories. Um, and then on to other legislative introductions. So now is the time if you didn't have the opportunity to talk about resolutions or hearings. If not, we can move on. Staff, can you please call item number 14? Um, item number 14 is staff report. Um, I will be emailing mine. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, on, oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Joy. Sorry. Um, as uh, I may have texted all of you, I am scheduling your meetings with um, your appointing officers. So please, um, if you haven't already, replied to my text about uh, your availability for late April and early May. I do understand AP seasons are coming up, finals are coming up. So um, the earlier you send in me your dates and I finalize those, the earlier it can get onto your calendar. Thank you. Okay. Yes, just a few things. So as um, heavily reminded by our amazing chair, um, please do make sure to invite folks to the Youth Budget Town Hall. Um, again, it is this Thursday on the 6th from 5 to 7 p.m. If you can, please get there by 4.30 um, so we can kind of help set up, make sure we do a little baby run through, and then we make sure we're prepared. Um, please also make sure to share the 2023-2024 recruitment flyers. Um, I believe it's, I'll make sure to send it out, no, I did send it out to everyone on, um, I believe, Saturday, so you should all have the flyers. If you need more flyers, in per, like actual physical flyers, um, we can print those out and distribute those, uh, I would say probably at the next meeting. Mm -hmm. um, but it is open until May 31st, so please make sure to share it with your friends, um, especially if you are not returning on, plan, um, not planning to return to the commission next year. Um, also, staff will be having one-on-ones with everyone um, to talk about what that looks like and talk about that process if you are planning on applying again, um, and if not, what the next steps are. Um, I believe that is most of my reports, but I also want to um, double down again, saying that there are 14 RSVPs for the Budget Town Hall as of now, um, and I would encourage each of you to maybe include or invite at least three people individually and make sure you bug them so that they do show up. Mention that there is food, and you will get lots of people to come. But that's all for me. Awesome. Thanks. Um, yes, please please repost about the Budget Town Hall or spread the word to your networks. Um, and then, so that concludes staff report. Uh, is there any public comment on this item of the agenda? Uh, you don't have any public Thanks. comment. Uh, can you please call item number 15? Item number 15 is announcements. Okay. Um, commissioners, now is the time to share any community events or other things that look interesting. Um, are there any announcements? Okay. If no, if there's no announcements, um, I don't have any. Yes. 
Yes, so thanks to our vice chair, um, there will be an Easter egg hunt at the Great Highway Park on April 9th, this upcoming Sunday. There's also, if you're not interested in hunting Easter eggs, it's okay, it's not everybody's shtick, um, is next is the Ocean Beach Trash Cleanup. It's kind of the same event, planned by the same people. It'll be happening one to three that day. Um, but you should all have it in your inboxes, and if you don't... Um, there might be something wrong with your email. But other than that, uh, yes, please let me know if you want to send events or anything, and I will post them on the calendar. Great. Thank you so much, Josh. Um, wow. Okay. Um, can you please call item number 16? Um, item number 16 is adjournment. This meeting is adjourned at 8.04 p.m.